Okay, I'm in. The, first, right. the first couple weeks, you guys like showed up and brought coffee, and you guys even brought me a coffee. Yeah, but now we're and straight to business. And it set up this false expectation of me. Like, I'm like, I wonder if they're now we're straight to business. Today. And then you That's both been... walk in, and neither of you brought Adam a coffee used to be today. Really and, early. Like, and Adam used to be really early, and now we're both getting here like barely on time. I'm usually like four minutes late. Well, I was tired of standing outside in the rain for 25 minutes holding a coffee. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay at home until 10 2 and drive down. Fair <laughs> one. So. Anyway. I saw you sitting outside of my garage, like outside of my driveway, and I walked out, walked downstairs, opened up the garage, and it still took you ten minutes to get inside. The I was building. outside talking to Terry. My life is falling apart this week, Dan. That's true. So let's let's put that on the fucking internet. <laughs> <laughs> internet, we're fucking falling apart over here. Uh, Dan's at the resort to making BDSM furniture. Yeah. <laughs> no, what? It's good profit. Dude, honestly, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll play test that shit just, telling to, you, man. just for an income. Right I'm now. telling you, you will make so much money from doing that. From making BD, like making sex I'm swings. I'm telling you. Yes. Yes. We'll shout it out. We'll pimp your Instagram page because, look, it, it, nerds are freaks. It's the, it. No, totally. They, They're they freaky. Totally yeah. yeah. They're freaky. Yeah. But no, the, the thing about it is you charge 1600 bucks for it. And people will buy it, and they'll pay cash. They don't want that shit in their credit card, right? Like, yeah. Right? So, like, you, especially if you, you don't have your... the, there's no tax on any of this shit, right? <laughs> give, your, give your company a really obscure name that's like that nobody wants to ask for a refund from. <laughs> like Dildopolis, right? Like <laughs> Jameson <laughs> James Paper Company. The, the, yeah. the, like, well, you start with that, and then and that's who they write the check to. But then when they want a refund because your shit falls apart because you didn't actually, you know, screwing is up to them, right? <laughs> so. Um, if if you want this wood nailed, you do it yourself. So if, when they just get raw lumber show up, like I want my refund, then you you write them a check, but the check is for like like buttfuckers.com or something, and nobody's going to the bank to cash that, right? Oh, shit. That's I swear that's what movie is that on? Is it Lockstock or something? It's something like it's that. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, but it's there. it's a it's a solid model, and this is how you buttfuckers.com is a solid model. Well, Probably. I mean, all the Probably models on there are pretty solid. Let me find it. Let me find it. Okay. But, kid, that was a good cold open. <laughs> pretty good cold open. This is, a, this is a mile mind. away from what you wanted to start on, I bet. It's all right. Okay. Well, should we just go straight to it after that? <laughs> no, I kind of want to do what you were talking about beforehand. Well, I feel like it's just going to be redundant after this. All right. We'll okay. save it for the next one. Okay. Sure. Okay. Well, on that kinky bombshell, <laughs> let's, I'm actually really excited about this episode. <laughs> Dan, God damn it! I swear to God. Okay, that one wasn't my fault. That one wasn't my fault. You didn't cough the whole time we no, were no. here. I was taking a drink and then you made a joke. I swear. And I got stuck. I didn't even make a joke. I He's was making... just a funny individual, Dan. And not Looks even aren't everything. Adam. <laughs> I'm incredibly insecure most of the time. And <laughs> I'm just trying to get through this, okay? Okay. You well, didn't cough. We've been here like 20 minutes as soon as we start. It, no, it's it, it's a, a passive aggressive trait of mine. I, I, I can't help it. It's like if you're boring me, I'm just gonna cough in the middle of your. Let sentence. me drink my Tim Hortons coffee. Hey, there's a, sponsor us. There's a Starbucks on the way up the hill. I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's like three I've been, Starbucks. There's, there's, a, drinking, there's, a, there's a Starbucks, Seven uh, Eleven, and a Tim Hortons. I've been drinking this distance. dirty dishwater for the past six months, not knowing there's a Starbucks hey, down there. Dave, that is dirty Canadian dishwater. That Starbucks is not coffee. That is just Starbucks is it's Seattle just liquid dessert. Is Seattle's what close enough. Is. We're going to absorb them at some point. So I'm pretty sure you have to wear Lululemon pants to go in Starbucks these days. <laughs> and Uggs and have a man bun. Yeah, well, no, you're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> got two. Got two out of three of those. I was actually going to buy some mugs. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> we are talking 
world building. This is the this is the first world building episode. Second no, one. Second one. Second world building episode. Yeah. Uh, but let's go. Well, let's run the music. Let's run the music. Don't cough, Dan. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. I made it. <laughs> See, no, I wasn't ready to begin. <laughs> okay, so uh, team, we have a number of topics we want to talk through uh, with regards to world building. I think something which there's a lot of confusion about out there with DMs is how much prep should be done before the session and just overall in the campaign. We argue amongst ourselves constantly about how much prep you should m- be done. Mostly, you two belittle me for how little prep I do. Would we say belittle? Uh, well, it's actively antagonize. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, reduced to tears. <laughs> After could. every podcast, I just go catatonic and like... Oh no, what I'll do is I'll stand in front of the mirror like that guy from SNL and be like, you're important, people like you. <laughs> That's what I'll have to do to myself after each recording of this podcast. I am happy and healthy. What does he say on Evan Almighty? Good movie. Oh, fine, I don't I, know. I have never watched that piece of shit. Okay, uh, somebody tell me. Okay, Jim but, Carrey pretending to be God. You haven't watched that? No, this is Bruce Almighty. Evan Almighty. Oh, is, is right, Steve, uh, Steve Carell. Carell. Okay, it's be Noah. Steve Carell. Uh, sorry, Evan. Uh, Steve Carell is in Bruce Almighty very briefly as yes. Evan. Anyway, back on topic. We're going to talk about what is the minimum amount of prep. Um, what is the minimum amount of prep for DMs and for players? How the what you two and myself prep before a session and. Uh, Yes, let's leave it open so we can discuss it in more detail. You guys ready to roll on this? Yep, yes, absolutely. Okay, let's go. In the box. Get it, son. 11. What is this natural? Oh! You <laughs> bought you that I, one? I, I bought these dice. the first roll on this die. I and just, it's a natural one. It's a natural one. Is that your Burn first these dice. On the podcast? Uh, yeah, in life. This is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You botched pretty hard in the looks. Actually, <laughs> I can't remember the last time you botched. That's true. Episode 19 and you rolled a one. So. Oh, you should have seen that. Uh, we, we played D&D the other night. and what? like. Uh, Adam's Adam's friend Charlie rolled like oh, there were eight. It, it, it was a two and a half hour session. He rolled eight natural twenties and three nat ones. Bullshit. And in a two and a half hour session. Yeah, it was it was bonkers. And and, and our, our other friend who uh, we've shot up uh, before, Megan, she rolled like uh, six crits herself, like five crits herself, really? like yeah. yeah. And Adam was rolling like balls the entire night, and I was oh, like, screw, I couldn't get anything. About Megan's 13. a D and D beast. I, I, yeah, I got, it was the session where my Aarakocra got killed by a intellect devourer, and Adam just kind of hands the monster stat over to me and makes me read the thing where they eat your brain and take over your personality. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, that's for you, and I read it, and I'm like, huh. All right, take over your personality. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really easy to do. Yeah, I could, I can. If I drop four of these on the table, I will murder a level twenty wizard. Wow! If they get to go first, they, that's it. Like initiative is important. It's a, a CR twelve Constitution save, no, was it, or wisdom? Uh, it, it's a CR two monster. It's sorry, sorry, DC, DC, uh, DC twelve in, intellect. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's an intelligence save, DC twelve intelligence hmm. save. And if you don't make it, you're unconscious. <laughs> yeah, straight up. It, did, it drops you to zero intellect. Uh, and you fall unconscious until... There's, there's a couple more mechanics in there, yeah. but it's super easy. Anyway, not the point. Who went first? Me! Uh, with your shit brown dice. <laughs> Fuck, I'm getting a new dot. You talk. I'm going to be over here taking dice. Bye, Adam. Adam has left the room. <laughs> I still love you. I am going first. What is the minimum amount of prep that I believe a DM should do? Well, you guys know that I like to stay flexible. Not in real life. My flexibility is atrocious. You're uh, doing better than we are, dude. So, um, 
for regards to minimum prep for each session, I don't actually do that much, really, because what I believe... Pardon? I, honestly, I believe that you should understand what the overall arc is in your world. Game of Thrones fans out there will know, for example, that there is a huge war going on between various families. That is the big arc. But session to session, I don't need to plan that much what Hot Pie is doing. You know, I just need to know where he is who the NPCs around him are, I need to have access to their stat blocks, and I need to know what is going on in the world in that area. And Everything you need to know a little bit about the, the personality, too. Like, what do they want? Right? Well, well you do yes. this... Bef- like, you do this in, as you're building the character initially, and then they just kind of sit in the world until your party interacts with them. Yeah, but I'm saying... So I, know, I just need to know what is around the players and what is going on in the world. Yeah. Because if you plan too much, or if I plan too much... They're going to go off what I'm expecting. It also stops me from being flexible. Because now I'm like, uh, no, I thought you were going to go down Baker Street and you went down Bond Street and now we're over here and I can't adjust. And I'm I'm someone who needs to be loosey-goosey all the time. Yeah. So as long as I have those bare essentials, I have enough faith in my my own skills as a person that I'll be able to uh, uh, adapt to whatever's going on. So my prep is actually quite minimal. All right. Well, I'm... I'm- Kind of the same for as much shit as you guys give me for being a low prep DM. That's that's fairly the same. Um, I I do have the um, kind of knowledge to uh, make up monsters on the fly. So I wouldn't recommend you guys do that out there in internet land. But I would say like internet. get 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 an idea of what you want the plot, what you want the session to go like. Just just an idea. Mm-hmm. Have a idea of where your plot is going. Um, and then uh, what I do every week for my prep is I'll grab, like, three NPCs that I want to give the party an opportunity to meet up. And I will build them in a very loose form. Like, name, race, job, and their desires and their uh, fears. Um, and then I will maybe throw a couple monsters in that are random that the party's been like, oh, we haven't fought this for a while. Or I'll think we haven't fought this for a while. Or something that'll be on theme. Like if we're about to hit a, you know, a fire temple of some sort, I'm not throwing in a bunch of shambling mounds. Yeah. Unless they're also on fire, and that's badass. I think your prep is but, even less than mine, because I mean, I think I would be. You're saying that you'll throw in a couple of monsters, like you're kind of. I think I would know what is in my world yeah. around. But and I think this is this is an important thing to mention. Up until this point, we've given me quite a lot of heck for not really going too deep into planning my sessions. But the other thing is, and this just occurred to me, I typically run like three hour to four hour top sessions. Yeah. Whereas Adam, who is the prepping guru of this podcast, you aren't really happy unless yeah, your you sessions like eight, like hour eight sessions. plus, right? Yeah. So we, there's more prep required. I've run eight to 14 hour sessions pretty consistently for well over a year and a half now. So yeah. So, so uh, that's also another aspect. Like, figure out how long you're going to be playing for. Um, we, I'm, I'm a part of a group that plays regularly at two and two and a half hours. So, like, there's one maybe two combats you need for that, or one maybe two encounters you need for that amount of time mm-hmm. because your players are going to bullshit and fill the empty space. And yeah. as players, bullshit and fill the empty space. Like. A good D&D session doesn't necessarily require you to even roll dice at any point in time, as long as you're playing characters, interacting socially with yeah. things. Like, um, I think there is a certain, um, like I give my style and you did there, Dan, there's a certain, from knowing Adam's sessions, a certain 
comfort and stability that comes from the amount of prep that Adam does where it's, mm-hmm. I always know that Adam has a plan and has it figured out. Even if we're going what feels like completely off the rails, it's like Adam is psychic and is like, oh, you've done that thing. Goes into, his, goes into his tube and just pulls out a map. How did you know we were going to go over there? <laughs> Here is my map, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, and and uh, that that does inspire a lot of confidence uh, from from the players. I from think, a, as well, from the players and from the DM. Like, there's a lot of uh, relational confidence that can happen when you know your DM has done the prep. I know a lot of my players have been like, oh, Dan's just winging this anyways on sessions where I've actually put in the time and effort to prep it, and they're. Uh, you know, blase fair. I think that's blase yeah, fair. They're, or, they're, or blase, one the, of the two. Okay, still, their blase attitude about uh, my sessions sometimes really hits hard when I've actually put in the effort this week. Like, guys, I actually had a free evening this and put week, in the effort. Actually, did the homework this week. Yeah. So, so how about how about you you and don't dog, ride my ass and but this play week my, my dog really did eat it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam. Okay, first of all, uh, you're both full of shit. Because I know for a fact that you don't do minimal prep work. I know, Terry, that you walk around your apartment mm. going, uh, and his voice should be <clears throat> deeper like that. No, no, no. When no. I'm driving. Deeper like that. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know that you work on your NPCs and, and their voices and their manners. I was actually doing one on the way here. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I do it too, but they are, they're so foul-mouthed, no matter what the, what the voice is. But Adam's prep is, you know, their name, their race, their class, their desires, their flaws, and how they say fuck. That's that's how he builds oh, a character. Uh, yeah, every dwarf just says fuck, fuck. <laughs> um, but and Dan, I know that you're sitting there at work, hammering things. Or what what do you do? Is that I'm a carpenter. Yeah. yeah okay. So hammering so, things is accurate. Yeah. So yeah. but you're you are running over possibilities in your head of of what to do next. Yes. And yeah. you're trying to figure out every one of your your characters, every one of your players has a specific arc that they're going on and you are trying to feed each of them enough to keep them interested but I know that you also do it separately from each other a lot of the time when it's my character over here and Brad's character over there and Grady's character over there and they've all got their own arc that they're going on and they have nothing to do with each other and you're balancing seven arcs, right? So there's a lot more than just like, we're talking about prep, like, do I sit down and draw a map? Do I come up with the table? Do I have this handout for someone? But there's a lot more um, prep work that goes into it, yeah. and it's the mental effort that you're putting in. The other thing that I want to point out is I do a ton of prep before the campaign ever starts, mm-hmm. and I do a ton of prep um, if I'm working off a module. On a week-by-week I have a pretty good idea of where I'm going and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I do about a one-to-one, however many hours I you know we're going to play. You spend most of your midweek prep doing map drawing. Like, you sp- you spend quite a large section of your week just scribbling maps on an inch by inch. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be three quarters of my time is doing maps. But while I'm doing maps, I, I draw them out in pencil first. And I mean very, very loosely. I'm not an artist, so it's just like... Never mind. This this line is a wall. This line is a door. This line is a is a window. If I walk away for three days, come back. I go. I don't know what I was doing. Fuck it. Start a new map. So, um, but and I was wickedly drunk. <laughs> but but I will sit down and I mean I'm in a long distance relationship, so I'm on the phone while I'm doing it, or it's uh, ten o'clock at night, right? So um, I'm sitting there by myself with music playing or a podcast going or something. Just kind of lost my own world, just drawing on the map, and then I color it in. Yeah. And so, 
I'm doing all of my prep work while I'm making a map. The map yeah. is a is an afterthought. For you it. you can fight it in me once. Uh, you have, you <laughs> and, have and never again. And never again. Because because now you're telling the world. That's about to be on the internet. Adam um, did confide you once. You should tell the internet <laughs> right now. No, no. Adam actually uh, gave me a peek behind the curtain, I guess, a bit, and uh, showed me where a lot of the inspiration for our current campaign came from. And it was in his drive to get me to watch Westworld. He was like, you need to watch Westworld. This mm. show is the shit. It is the literal shit. It is possibly, and I think now you've gone to, it is definitively the best show you've ever seen. Westworld? Yes. Yeah. Hands, hands down. I will I will declare that right now. We've only got two seasons, but it is tight and it hasn't made a misstep yet. And mm. and I am like four episodes in. Is it good? And I've had to rewatch like two episodes to understand what the shit just happened. Mm. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It And it pays off little little things. But, but uh, I sit there and... Unlike other HBO products. But um, I will listen to the soundtrack. And that's, yeah, that's and, what it is. And I, he sits there and he listens to the soundtrack, which is like Black Hole Sun played on a um, a saloon piano. Like a player oh, piano. Oh, that's cool. Right? Yeah. So he'll listen to this and that is the that is the soundtrack to Westworld, but it's also the soundtrack to our world that you've created for this campaign. Yeah. And I so, think that's amazing because you'll just sit with it playing and you'll draw a map with Gets you in playing. the right mental space. Yeah, the thing is that I, I grab... I mean, I guess people will be more familiar with Game of Thrones, and I do listen to a lot of Game of Thrones stuff as well, um, where I'm listening to these this music, and I've got this one track that's going to be seven minutes long, that while I'm working on a map, and I'm thinking in my own head, this is background music, there's no lyrics in it, it's just going, it's, mm-hmm. it's orchestral, mm-hmm. and it just goes, but this is the, uh, the theme song for this one character. Or uh, then I pick another one, and that's the theme song for someone else's character. Mm-hmm. And I will make a playlist of these and just put them kind of on a loop. So when I'm sitting there trying to think, what is your character going to do? I'm drawing the map. I'm like, you know what? We haven't had a battle that's really focused on Terry's ability to fly recently. Let's put it outdoors. We'll put a lot of undead around because he's a, he's a cleric and he's flying around. And, and he's probably going to use his spiritual guardians and wipe out a bunch of stuff. So I'm building this map listening to his music and while i'm doing What's all my this, music i have music yeah wait everybody has music i'll, I'll show you something I'll, I'll flip you a link i forget nice. what i forgot what Lockie's song is but he was it's the entertainer yeah yeah um but uh mine's move bitch get out of <laughs> the way i don't know probably not sorry done as a you know sorry, western yeah on a saloon, saloon piano yeah but no the so my prep work but i do it all I do it all ahead of time. I go on a, a almost like a fever dream, hyper, like if I were to take speed and then sit down and and work on a, a, a Adams campaign. in his kitchen dropping acid and drawing maps. It's not even dropping acid. I'm just like I just I just need to get it done now and it yeah. has to be good and here. Oh, and this is gonna uh, connect over here and I'm just freeform creating and I don't know if it's all gonna work. The red string, like yeah. spider webs. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm taking my notes, and I'll do that for a month leading up to a campaign. And then I'll revisit it a hundred times, and if it makes sense, and I understand the logic behind it, I never have to prep it again. Mm. Yeah. And I don't run it to, to... A lot of people run backstory, or they run... Which I consider past, or they run the geography, which I consider present. I run the future from, from where we are at session one... To where are we going to be at session 100? Yeah. And what are all of the enemies going to do? And what are the big NPCs and where are they going to go? And I have that story. And it's your job to wreck my plan. Yeah. Do you, do you try to... I love uh, that. 
uh, do you try to plan session by session? I know you and I have had discussions, and our friend Russell, he kind of plans the same way, um, where he'll be like, okay, so for four sessions, you guys will be here. So this will be sessions one through four. And then around session four, you will move to this area, no. which will be a one, maybe two session arc. So it'll then you'll be in this area, and then sessions, you know, this to this, you'll be here. Or as as Russell's also done, is be like, well, level one to level three, you're here, and then level I don't four do that. to and four. That's railroading, hundred percent. Because now you're telling me that from session one to four, you are here. You will be there, no matter what. Well, I, I, I'm going to Truman show you into this. No, I, th I think there's a certain amount of, like, uh, from session one to four, these are the things that are happening. How does the party solve it? Right? Well, yeah, so, yeah, but it's not that because... That's it, not real railroading. Ra if, if you do that and you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have this awesome... Let me give you an example where I thought that it was going to go and I had a bunch of maths prepped. And I'm like, this is what's going to happen. There are giants. There are 98 giants that are running a siege at this walled city hmm. and they are some of them the cloud giants can can get inside the walls without any problem um there's a there's a fire giant king the ordning has been shattered and they're all coming together um you've got a handful of uh of storm giants that are that are on your side and they're over there uh, in the distance doing a, their own separate battle trying to get into the city and you guys were supposed to retreat the walls get knocked down here we go, everybody, all the NPCs died, but there's this, this network of underground tunnels. We were going to do guerrilla warfare where you guys are popping up at different points in the city. We had been in the city for months, but we'd never gotten a map of the city. Mm. So I was really excited about drawing those maps out and having you guys pop up and, and take out key members of the giant society and military and, and politics and whatnot. Yeah. And you were going to go on this great big, uh, like amazing, massive battle over the next three or four sessions right is what i figured of us just like popping out of uh sewer grates and yeah and, and shanking a fire giant and then like popping back down like a like a resistance something like enemy yeah. of the gates type stuff exactly yeah. and and i'm sitting there going so how would the how would the giants fix this they would reroute a water supply and try to flood you guys out at one point hmm. right and i don't know when that's going to happen but it's going to happen that's going to be yeah. one of the things that, that i'm going to roll in a random table to see if if it occurs to the giants to do that and so I've got this big prep. It's been in my back of my head for about three months. Yeah. They get up to the front gates. You guys kill three of them. And then you end up in negotiations. And Terry's just like, okay, guys, can you just leave? And the giants go, okay. <laughs> now, now, you had a magic item that was super overpowered. And, and it, was, uh, it gave you this uh, incredible advantage for anything persuasion uh, related. And, but you sent them off. And so all of this fell apart. But it didn't matter. Because I still had the storm giants over here doing that. Mm -hmm. I still had the fact that there were refugees pouring into the city from the other side through through those gates over there. Which was going to be something that they're coming in and all of a sudden they're giants. So it's going to be a slaughter. Now there's no slaughter. Mm -hmm. These NPCs are still alive. They don't have any grand designs. They're escort mission at best. Yeah. But they're now they're there. And you have them. Who's in there? Let's see. There was a, uh, an ASMR. There was a dwarf. There was a gnome. They all had specific things that they could do. And you guys were supposed to rescue maybe one of them and then get this mechanical boon from having this NPC mm -hmm. that was going to help you. But now you get all three. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't matter. You guys saved the day. You wrecked the bad guy's plans. Here you go. And now I turn around and I go, okay, well, my overarching bad guy is a chaotic evil, mad as a hatter, batshit lich. 
who is teleporting in and out of worlds and realms and, and messing with time and whatnot. How is he going to react to this major victory? Well, he's going to wait till all the giants die, resurrect the giant king, make him a lich. Um, uh, uh, at, to a lesser degree, that works for him. And so now my main bad guy has a lieutenant. This is cool. I didn't plan that. But every time that you guys have gone out of the way to, to wreck my plan, I go, so how do I react to what your yeah, plan is? Everything's are? reacting. Yeah. And I'm just reacting. And because I know what the what the mentality was and I know what the, the thought process and, behind it all and, and the motivations and, and I know where the secrets in the world are. Yeah, it's because you've done all of this uh, prior prep work to the campaign even starting Yeah, where you just slam together all of this other stuff so that you're... Uh, week to week could be minimal. Yeah. So like you, you, you front loaded everything so your week to week could be manageable. Right. Whereas, and, and that's what I mean though. When I sit down to do the maps and I'm listening to music and I'm thinking, you know, Terry, he's been using his Warhammer lap. He's not casting a whole lot of spells. I don't know. Should I, oh yeah, I'll put guys up, up on the walls. Yeah, he can't get to them. He's got to do distant stuff now. Right. And I'm not, I'm just thinking about now, Dan's got this crazy long movement speed. I bet I could separate him if I put him in tunnels. I bet he'd run in front of everybody else. If I if I have someone retreat, he'll chase them and everybody else will be too slow. And then I'll cut him off from it. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Because I'm working on a map and I'm listening to your soundtrack. Yeah. And I'm not worried anymore about, you know, what is my overarching bad guy's plot. I know what that is. Cause, oh, I'm also tracking on a calendar. Yeah. Right? So that's yeah. the other thing that I have going for me yeah. too. Is and, and you've got like six or seven key NPCs in this world that are not necessarily bad guy related, or even if they are central pl plot related, you've got these six or seven key NPCs that you also track based off this calendar you've brought up, brought up. Yeah. And been like, okay, so the party gets, you know, they've gone five days this session. What's happened with these key seven NPCs in these five days? So part of your weekly or maybe even monthly prep, uh, you just make little notes and you move these pieces yeah, and, around and, the board. And if I've got some... For example, let me see. Uh, I've got uh, uh, Rakshasa running around right now. Okay, Dan, you know this. It's from yeah. it's from your your character. Yeah, it's story. the nemesis I gave you. Yeah, and, started, and yeah. He, he, but he's able to to change shape and and we know for a fact that he's been a Goliath in the past and and I've got him in a couple of other forms doing things and running around and he's up to stuff and if he needed to be at this city to kill this NPC to gain their knowledge, but you guys ran into that NPC three sessions ago and you brought him with you on your ship, then the Rakshas is still going to show up there, dig through this guy's notes, and if he can't find what he's looking for, who would be the next best NPC to find? And I'm just going to adapt that. So he's going to head to a different town. So maybe you guys aren't going to run into each other when I thought you would. Hmm. It's going to delay it a little bit. It's been so long since we played this campaign. I'm trying to like, who... Who's that guy? What's what's going on? So, but, yeah, but, but your, your overall point is the same. Is you prep so much before the campaign begins that you can stay looser. Yeah. Week so week to week. So yeah, the the week to week stuff allows me to focus on things like uh, I've got an eight hour session coming up. I know that there are a ton of minion level bad guys. So while this will be an easy fight, it's going to eat forty five minutes of time just because on their turn I got to move ninety guys mm -hmm, across yeah. the map, right? Mm -hmm. So I I know this is going to take some time. We should have probably 45 minutes of social and exploration as well. How are we going to balance that? What order are they going to come in? Well, we're in a dungeon, so there's not going to be a whole lot of socials. So we're going to have a big social encounter at the end. What does that look like? I'm doing this while I'm drawing maps. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so that's 
it allows me to do my encounter balance and my my player character party politics balance. Um, are there enough puzzles? When was the last time we did a puzzle? Well, we've done riddles recently. Yeah, I, I'm going to hand out another 3D puzzle for these guys to have to physically sit there and mess with at the table, trying to op quote unquote open up a lockbox, <clears> right? Um, and they, they, but I'm going to physically hand you one of these 3D wooden puzzles that you got to pull them apart and and separate all the pieces. Yeah. It's been a while since we've done anything like that. Here you go. It's been a while since we've had a prop. Do I have time to make a prop this week? No, I'll set aside time to make a prop next week. Yeah. Right? And so I have the opportunity to do that now because all of my shit took took a month, six weeks, whatever to yeah. do beforehand. You guys know the big, the big world map that sits on the wall. Beautiful right? map. I put a lot of time into you that. You put a lot of, like, there yeah, were three or four drafts of that thing before. We Sometimes I just, like, yeah. video a little bits of it. <laughs> just both say, I, I, I love I, it. I noticed it. Um, but, my, but my favorite thing about it is I spent a lot of time just, like, drawing trees for the forest. Just, like, just like circles and triangles over on this side. And while I'm doing that, I'm going, what's in this forest? Oh, that's cool. No, I've got that over there. What's in this forest? And so I'm sitting there trying to think about it. And then I'll stop halfway through drawing and I'll wander over to Volos and I'll just start flipping until I find something that, oh, that's batshit insanity. I'm putting that in and I put it down and I know, I know I never think about it again. Yeah. You guys will probably never be in that forest. And when you do, I will have forgotten what I chose. Yeah. But while I'm doing it, I'm prepping it and there's a small percent chance that I, I know what's in there, but a huge chance that I will remember why I put something. Exactly. In. Yeah. And and you've you even said like if there's a specific theme to an area that you want to hit well when you're doing your initial month long prep, you'll name it something that will remind you of of what that is. Yeah. And and uh like, well, well, you're the like, pirate... there's the lonely lake and you know why it you've mentioned this in a podcast before. Like yeah. It's the Lonely Lake. You know why it's called the Lonely Lake. We don't, but it. If we ever make our I way, know. you don't know. No, you're the only one who doesn't know, man. Oh well. <laughs> well, you guys are on a pirate ship called the Deadly Daughters. There's a reason that every ship is named a thing for a reason, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Like you guys, the first ship you took was called the Styx, because the river Styx. You need the boatman to get across to get into hell, right? And you guys are going into the prison. So yeah. I named it the Styx, and here we go. Now, thematically, I understand why now. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's. Can we? I th think unless you guys have anything else you want to add there. Um, just in terms of, we've done a lot of like actual campaign prep talk. What about actual session prep? Like, who's the person responsible for organizing? Who's coming? What time we're starting? Uh, who's you, bringing you snacks? You guys need to figure this that. shit out in session zero. Yeah, session zero group chat. Like, it's gonna be different for everyone. Uh, yeah, talk I, to each other like human beings. When no. when there's a large group of people like there is in the one that you were DMing before that Brad's taken over now. Yeah, um, there are like seven or eight people in that chat. Like it's a monstrous group of people. You put it up to a Facebook poll, and if you can get six or more people to show up in any given night, we're good. Yeah, yeah, right. But when it's a small group of three or four people, give or take a DM, you guys should be able to look. We're adults. All of us are in our thirties. We could, we know what we're doing on a Thursday night. I think people right? overcomplicate this stuff. They really yeah, do. Well. Like it's the type of you see like those messages, and we get them sometimes where it's like, "Hey, I have this issue. How do I deal with?" Let's do the obvious one. Is this your internet voice? People, this is my internet voice. It's all natural. It costs eight thousand um, dollars. Like I was in, <laughs> sorry, I was in Whole Foods yesterday. Foods this is yesterday. your beauty YouTuber I'm, voice. I'm still, I was, in, I was in Whole Foods yesterday. And I'm still wiping hemp off of me. <laughs> um, Gotta pick up that asparagus water. The, yeah, tea tree oil everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but with, with the common ones you hear, we get messages for is, 
hey, people are talking and I'm like trying to start my session. Um, how do I stop people from talking and start my session? Talk grab a the, big hammer and drop it in the middle of the table and say, listen up, bitches. Talk to them like a human being and say these three that. words. Say these three words. Are you ready? Yes. Then I'll begin. And then talk. And if somebody talks, stop and go, are you ready? Yes. And if they talk for a third time, go, hey, Dan, uh, you said you're ready, but you keep talking. Is there something you want to say before we get started? Because if you tell me when you're ready and then we'll start. You good? Okay, now I've now got that commitment from you that you're going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and now I don't need to reach out to strangers going, how do I get people to stop talking? Uncle, Ask them if they're stu- if they're done, if they're ready. Uncle Terry scared me a little bit. Uncle I'm like, uh, no, I'm good. Let's play. Uncle Our- Terry, teaching people to be human beings since but, but, 1988. But to answer your question about, about session prep, um, it's on everybody – Okay, what does a player need to prep before a freaking campaign or before a session starts? It's easy. Did you level your character if you need to? Did you identify your items if you needed to? Have you got your character sheet, your pencil, your dice, and your eraser? If you're using a mini, did you leave it at the place or did you bring it with you? Mm -hmm. That's it. Other than that, organize your own ride. We're adults. Even if you're not an adult, if you're 14... Figure it out. You, you are an adult. Figure you're an okay, adult you're by medieval it. standards, right? <laughs> so figure it out. Exactly. Um, I, I, it's it's ridiculous to me that everybody in this in this entire freaking hobby plays an 18 year old with more responsibility than the fucking players show on a weekly goddamn basis. <laughs> so, we hit a chord with Adam. Uh, no, but but well, uh, I, I I come from a point where like um, the group that I have been playing with the longest out of everyone else, uh, they've kind of got a philosophy to the group that's just become established over time where the DM's the one reaching out to the group to make sure everyone can make it that week. To kind of remind everybody, hey, we're still playing on Friday, even though we've played on Friday every single week (laughs) for the past seven years. Um, But we're still playing Friday. Like, this is still the intention. We're still going. Is there anything people uh, need to bring up that while they'll be late, while they'll not be there... And could someone bring snacks, right? Like, that's been the DM's responsibility. That doesn't have to be the DM's responsibility. This is coming from a a position of pain. Because I've been the DM for a very long time in that group. And it's just always ended up being me saying, Hey, this group of guys that I've been playing D&D with for 20 years. We're still playing D&D this week, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, we're doing it. Everyone is kind of assumed. But if I don't send out the message... Nobody this comes. Group, nobody shows up. It it is it is like, um, uh, even even sometimes when I'm not the DM, and like my friend Russell's the DM, I'm still the one that has to send out the message, or no one else shows up. Someone's I'm like, what the? Why is this my responsibility? Two p.m. Someone's in the frozen food section at the supermarket, and then just goes, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, but no, as far as as far as weekly prep goes, you, I, in my opinion. You should, I, I myself prep one hour to one hour gameplay. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you guys will blitz through an NPC encounter. Sometimes you'll blitz through uh, a, um, 
uh, every combat encounter. En- every social encounter is solved with an axe to the face. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah that's... But then we get really fun break-out-of-jail encounters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, right? uh, every naval encounter is solved with a reverse gravity spell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that, people. I just like how uh, Adam put this god in one of our... Pa- like, in the path of our characters the last session we played. And it was supposed to be the social encounters because we were supposed to recognize that this guy was a god. And we fought him. And he wiped the floor with us and went don't fuck with gods and then left and we're like that went differently he's like yeah you were supposed to talk to him you idiots you fools i saw that going better in my mind yeah Yeah. but i mean you guys will blitz through some and you'll take three times as long in a puzzle right so as a general rule if we're if if i want to drag out a a an encounter i will just put a statue in front of you without any script anywhere near it and you guys will spend 45 minutes debating whether or not to smash the statue yeah right and that's and then, it right like <laughs> if, you, but, you, no you were there, no, he wasn't there for that. That oh was my insane. god so <laughs> i said i sat there and didn't open my mouth for 90 minutes what happens when i lower the arm of the statue the other arm uh, rises whoa and that was it that's all I said for like 90 minutes. And it was, I was amazing. Like, I had my Warhammer, but I had two Warhammers. I was like, Megan, would you like my other Warhammer? Yes. Let's both beat the shit out of this statue. <laughs> Adam was like, you've now damaged it. No, I want to destroy it. What happens now? You've now destroyed it. Okay, does anything happen? No, you've destroyed this statue. <laughs> okay, then, well, that didn't work. Let's go and hit the other one. Like, just, yeah, Adam sends me this message. He goes, you're not allowed to miss a session again because you're the party brain and you need to be I'm there not, to figure this true. stuff out. I'm not there for puzzles. I'm the first person at the table who goes, fuck, I don't know. You figure it out. I'll hit it. I'll hit it if you want me to hit it, but I'm not here for this. But but I know my players so well that for my session prep, I could, I, I'll, as a general rule, go one hour to one hour with the prep. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of that is on maps and thinking, I wonder what if, right? And that lets me stay flexible. But I mean, it's about prepping how long it's going to take. And I often try to overshoot. So I have a session and a half worth of shit to, that's mm-hmm. already prepped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that every fourth or fifth session, I don't have anything to prep because I'm always prepping ahead. And now I now I know. Yeah. If you guys go off the rails, that's fine. This map will be used for another village later. That village will be radically different, but the map layout doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you found a way to foil this for sure. Just put three levers in front of me. Yeah, and just don't say anything. And and of different color. And, yeah. <laughs> just there's a red, a blue, and a green one. You hear a click. It's like it they doesn't haven't... even matter. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just put it in the dark. You guys w- won't even see the colors. You're just gonna be like the left one then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I feel like we've come to a natural end to this point, and we yep. will go on to topic two. We'll do a commercial first, but I just want to say before we go to this that we were touching in some areas on agency there, and that's what I want to cover in topic two. But first, let's do the commercial. This episode is brought to you by WildBot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AOE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's WildBot3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit WildBot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. Wildbot3D.com. Wildbot. <laughs> Topic two. Let's talk about agency. Um, so two big questions. You can answer them in, in whatever order you want. We'll roll initiative in a second. Do you prescribe to the notion of the illusion of agency? So the idea that um, players 
aren't really in control of ultimately where they're going, what they're doing, that it's all, you know, the Truman Show uh, type um, of effect. And do you prescribe to the notion of the living world as in the world is going on around them, not revolving around them. They are just a part of the world. Okay. Does that make sense? You guys are happy with that? Yep. Okay, let's go. Oh my goodness. Hey, Dan, splendid. Dan and I both got fours. I've won twice. We got to reroll. Hey, look, we tied. Oh, I might always come in last. Uh, yeah, I'm getting rid of this guy too. God damn. Uh, <laughs> Adam is Adam is again. leaving. Adam is leaving. Adam is leaving. Uncle Terry has another social media tip. I'm for you still people. here. Dan can listen to this as All well. Right. If you enjoy the app of Snapchat and you're a lonely heart, and if there's somebody out there, Dan, don't cough during social media tips. If there's somebody out there in the world that you would like to um, to we'll say romantically get with, and you would like to Adam, hurry up, and you would like to ensure that you see them more often, use your Snap Maps to find I out. I don't know how to stop him, Dan. Use your Snap Maps to find out where they are, and then just conveniently place yourself at that location. You'll run into them. What seems randomly, you'll spark that fire Adam's and build back. that relationship. We, Adam's back. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know what Terry was talking about, but I absolutely condone it. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a traumatized. I'm bringing people together. I'm bringing people podcast. together. No, okay. man. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be a, a player. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw I saw what you did there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice nicely done. Uh, so I get to go first. I'm the dungeon master. Just this real is quick, the second time what is first. Snapchat? Okay, Dan. Yeah, you need to be better at <laughs> this. Better at this. God damn. I got so much shit going on in my life. One stupid tween fucking social media platform is the last <laughs> thing I need in my life. To be honest, I don't, I don't use Snapchat purely because I'm narcissistic and it goes away after a while. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't People do this need shit. need me longer. I, I didn't do this shit just so it goes away. I thought about this so much. But at least I know my weakness. I'm incredibly insecure and I need constant validation. Okay. Uh, we love you, Terry. Thank you, Dan. I need you to say it again to me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I prescribe, prescribe to the notion of um, the illusion of agency? I don't believe in taking away agency from the players. However, I think I've touched it before. I will do it a little bit initially, like very, very right at the start, just so I have that first thing planned. Uh, you know, you're shipwrecked. You're on the beach. Um, which way are you going? You can go any of 12 directions, but I will maybe only have three possible outcomes. Um and then based on what they do, I'll choose the most appropriate one. And then that's it. And then from there, I know that I'll be able to to prep much better for the future. But when you first start, I think to get yourself off to a good start, I think it's okay if you have a limited amount of outcomes. Don't just prescribe to one because they'll sense it. Players are not stupid. Most mm -hmm. of them, some of them are. Um, but I think it's okay to have a limited amount of options initially, but then not after that. Yeah, you really want to expand, uh, expand forth and give your players more options to uh, utilize as the campaign is going. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of open sandbox worlds hmm. necessarily. DMing or playing in? Um, playing in. Um, I get I get what is called uh, what, what, what do we call analysis it? Paralysis. analysis paralysis. If I've if I've got fifteen different ways to go, I will stand there and not do any of them because mm. I don't know which one is most more important to go to first. Yeah, right. Like I need I need a little bit as a player. I need a little bit of that um, railroading, that little bit of a push in a proper direction yeah. for me to go. Um, and and. When I DM, I kind of do it the same way because mm -hmm. my my group that I've been playing with for the longest period of time, like for the 20 years, we're all the kind of same way. We want to play these characters in the story. 
Um, and the story is going to continue without, with or without these characters. So there's a little bit of um, railroad leading, not not necessarily railroading, but like leading that I'll do for the party. Mm-hmm. Like I'll drop specific clues in order to get them to go a specific way. And if they choose not to go a specific way, I will drop other clues to get them to go back to that way. Right. Right. Like you're saying just initially or just initially Um, after a while, they'll get it. And I find that they'll railroad themselves a little bit Mm -hmm. like they'll they'll get kind of the theme I'm going towards and they'll work towards it. Now, your groups might not be that way. So um, I, I, I prescribe to a little bit of an illusion of agency. I don't I don't like giving my players this is going to sound bad. A lot of it um, for the reason I like. I minimally prep, right? right. I, I don't do a lot of that stuff. Well, so. hold on. Define agency, though. You're talking about the big world decisions, though. In initiative, mm-hmm. you are giving them 100% agency oh, yeah. to do whatever oh, yeah, they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, though, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's, just, let's talk about that for a sec, Dan, because you're saying take away agency. At that point, I'm just playing with other people's character sheets. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, the The... What they decide to do in the battle, what what they want to do with their character sheets, what their abilities are. Um, You're talking the about rolling of the dice. I'm I'm talking about like the overarching plot, the the like this is what we're going to do this session plot points. Um, in terms of like, I from me the taking festival, over their car- we're doing the festival kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Not not um not hey okay, this is an arm wrestling competition. How do you handle this? And then they're like, oh, I'm not going to do it. You allow them to opt out. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, okay, so I'm just making sure that you're not telling people to just say, you know, fuck what your players want. But also fuck what your players want. At the same time, like, and I've said this before, I base a lot of my sessions over the desires that my players will tell me they have. Like, if they want to fight a Big-breasted women. I will put big-breasted <laughs> women in all the time, oh, right? And they and they will smack you about the ass and thighs with the big breasts. God like this is they're halflings. Halflings. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Big-breasted halflings. Big-breasted halflings. Don't push them over. Don't. They'll just no. be like that inflatable clown thing. Like, uh huh, uh huh. Anyways, please um, move on. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're trying so hard to make no, a good podcast. So I I will. Um, I will prep things specific to what they request they want. And it's certain things like I'll get a message from one of them in the week say, oh, man, we haven't fought a bugbear in a while. Or we haven't fought a uh, beholder in a very long time. Or one of the guys will bring and be like, hey, guys, I got this in one of the packs. Has and bring happened? a monster. Because you brought this up back in episode 16, the random table. So specifically uh, bugbears and, and, and beholders. They're just the first two monsters that come to mind. Is that what it is? Uh, is it Beholder has come up. Beholder has specifically, like, one of my players showed up one day with a Beholder and said, hey, look what I got. And is like, okay, well, now there has to be a Beholder in the world because we have the mini for it now. <laughs> oh, absolutely right? not. Or, or like, absolutely not. I and, and, like, <laughs> in the next three weeks, you guys will probably face a Beholder because I've got one here now to play and you guys are the perfect level for it. Mahaha. Right? But I've, I've gotten the owl bear thing a few times where it's like, we haven't fought an owl bear in a while. Why not? Or uh, a specific kind of dragon. Mm. Like, we haven't fought a young blue for a while. Why not? Why are we being specific? But okay, sure. You'll fight a young blue. One of you will die. Um, Specifically the one that requested this. <laughs> this you is will what die you get. From, like but right it, at the beginning of the combat so they don't get to fight it. It's also things like, and you mentioned this earlier, where it's like, one of my players in Aarakocra who hasn't had an opportunity to fly for a while. Okay, well, you will now be able to fly. 
right? And, and I'll build an encounter so that they can fly, right? It, I, I cater heavily to my players with what they want, and it is a form for me to kind of eliminate the randomness that giving them full agency brings, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I think I, I think you go about it completely ass backwards compared to me. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that you're wrong. It works. If it works for you, it works for you. However, I very much believe in the living world. Like I said before, I prep the future. I don't prep. Mm-hmm. I, I think about the past. I need to know the foundation, the building blocks. I know where we're starting. I know the geography, and I've worked out the map because I've spent six weeks prepping the campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm I'm on a uh, a calendar. I'm on a schedule. I'm on a timeline, right? I know what, what the big bads are going to do. If you happen to miss it, then the big bad guy won that encounter, and he's a little bit more powerful, but so are you. You guys went off and you leveled, right? Like, yeah. here we are. It all The world moves on. I'm also a big believer in dropping purple worms on a level 3 party. It allows you an environmental uh, mm-hmm. challenge instead of a combat, because you're not fighting one, right? But I very much believe in the living world. Therefore, Player agency, 100%. Go nuts. Do your thing. However, I, as a dungeon master, have a couple of tools that I can use to stop them going totally off the rails. Um, The first one, and you guys will recognize this, and I don't don't mean just you two, I mean everyone listening. Uh, When the DM says, are you sure? That will put you right back on the path. Yeah. (laughs) Um, When the DM goes... The answer to that question is always no. Yeah, when, when... if it's yes, you're about to die. I've only ever seen it said yes once. And it happened while Terry was DMing when someone sold a deck of many things. And he's like, I'm going to fan the deck and just start pulling every card. And Terry went, are you sure? And he went, yep. And that derailed us for two, three sessions. We uh, ended up in the, in the afterlife. I'd repressed that memory, Adam. Yeah, well, you're welcome. $12,000 of therapy to get rid of that. And you <laughs> brought it back in 10 seconds. Should have spent 13, friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Those were Canadian dollars. Uh, oh, God, it was, it was a buck fifty in American dollars, was, <laughs> and you get a house. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the uh, the other thing that I do um, is I will I will absolutely say yes, but that yes, but will continue to go for a while until I start to say no, and and then you're going to hear I'm not sure that makes sense, yeah, or justify it to me. Right, and I'm pretty open to whatever it is you want to do. Right, I'm uh, I'm gonna not sleep in the in the inn. I'm gonna sleep in the stables. Okay, uh, yes, but you're not gonna get a good night's sleep. You got to sleep an extra ten hours. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, but it's it's half the price. Okay, and you do that for four or five nights in a row, and I'm like, yes, but yes, but yes, but no. And the stable boy is is now watching you with the with the kind of narrowed eyes, going, "Why do you always smell?" <laughs> and you are getting disadvantage. You <laughs> yeah, you're getting disadvantage on your charisma checks, yep. right? So be, because you're you're no longer able to to persuade people as yeah. well. Uh, maybe your intimidation goes up, but um, this guy's totally willing to shit himself, apparently, right? <laughs> and it's just, but it's just you sleeping in the stables. But then eventually, after like. Two weeks of this where everyone else is paying full price and you're hoarding your gold, I will eventually turn to you and say, look, I don't think this makes sense. You're not having to sleep 16 hours a day. Everyone's looking at you funny. And there's a thunderstorm coming. Stop doing this. Yeah. Right? I'm not taking your agency away. I'm not I'm I'm saying this is this is a bad idea. You can still do it. 
But the penalties will get more and more. It will be very gradual and, and minimal at first, and they will stack. Dan, you saw this with the uh, the blatant drug abuse yep. that your character was doing early on. And I'm like, yeah, sure, man, go nuts. You got a wacky trip. And we had a lot of fun with that. And we did a whole bunch of role-playing, and, and you got a whole bunch of uh, NPCs interacting with you the first time. Mm-hmm. And then fewer NPCs the second time. And then none the third time. And this isn't fun anymore. You just have disadvantage. Yeah. On everything. And and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. So, I don't know. I, I'm just, I believe in giving the agency as much as possible. <sighs> what you're saying is really is you'll never take it away from them, but it gets to a point where it's it's not in their best interest to continue. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, so not, you're not you? playing the game anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? You're playing your game and not, not the game we've all agreed on. Um, the uh, the only time when I will straight up try to take agency away from anyone um, is, is when, when someone's showboating or something like that at the table. Or no, no, I'll let you showboat. You go right ahead. You'll be sitting still and ignored on the next social encounter. Everyone gets a chance in the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to take the opportunity to showboat now, go ahead. You just won't get it later, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Until it's your turn again. Um, no, the only time that I'll take it away is when um, when you are captured, when I put you in manacles and I drop you in an anti magic field. And you are behind bars. And when I take agency like that, I will cutscene that shit. Mm. Because I don't like really giving you the... Hey, what do you do? You, you have no actions, no bonus actions, no reactions. You can interact with whatever you want. You can't pick these locks. You're separated from everyone else. It's dark. You're in an anti-magic field. And none of your class features matter. What would you like to do? That's kind of a bullshit scenario. Yeah. I'm just going to walk through this until the next time is when you get agency. Yeah. I feel like um, as a player, I would probably prefer to just listen to your scene. Essentially, what you are essentially your cutscene, you're rolling out. Instead of every minute or so, you ask me what I want to do when I then I just feel super limited. And then I'm kind of staring at you, the, the DM going, I don't know, man. What do you want me to do? Exactly. What am I supposed to do? And that's, that's why I tend to run, uh, uh, what are they called, quick time events mm-hmm. um, inside of the scenes where I say, okay, here's this very railroaded scene that I've given you. You have two options. Would you like to do this or this? Terry, I did this to you when you had a one-on-one with the big bad guy. Mm. Um, and, he, and he looked you square in the eye and said, hey, this is your father who tormented you your entire life. Kill him. If you don't, I will, and then I'll murder your friends. So you should kill him. And then, and, but I had this whole monologue and I did it and Terry had to just sit there and listen. And then finally I'm like, what do you do? And, and then I gave him agency to say one sentence, right? And I was like, okay. I, and you said, I'm going to do it. Like, Great. How? I'm going to stab him in between the ribs. Okay. And then I go on and I move right along with, with the monologue because I know like there are two options. There we go. Terry has agency in the moment, but we're very much railroaded. Yeah. I don't do this often, but I do it sometimes for the big plot points. I think you have to earn trust from the players where they're going to allow you as the DM to do that because they know there's a reason this is happening. Yeah, this was 20 sessions in to... So after 20 sessions, you took agency away from us temporarily where it's, okay, this is clearly, you know, we, we have enough trust in Adam as the DM at this point where he's leading to something. Let's just let him get to his and point. And it's obviously, it's obviously an act break. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as well, like we're moving from tier one to tier two or whatever, then it's okay. I think. I mean, do you really need to be on the pirate ship with full agency for four and a half months, going from one continent to the other, or can we just hand wave that? 
have one big battle against a giant squid and then move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. anyways, there's my answer. What about, guys, the idea, and I think this one was just funny for me when I was at home researching this, the idea of, of the waiting game, and I don't mean when we individually follow people home and just stare at their furniture through their front window. I mean... You are the creepiest person that has ever lived. That, don't... You're Adam, outside their window? Oh, shit, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> Adam just blatantly sits in their living room. Welcome to your living room. Yeah. It's just like, they just awkwardly flick through the TV and he's like... He's done it like twice to he's me. He's like, you guys want to watch Westworld? You guys want to watch Westworld? He just got it all uh, cute and loaded. Night. He's all like, all right, sit down, play, go. <laughs> That's it. That's how he stalks people. You guys like it? Ah, oh, fuck you guys. It just leaves. Okay. I just but, get up, put my pants back on, and leave. But I mean, uh, any video game you've ever played, it can be uh, 2 a.m. and you walk in and the shopkeep is standing behind the counter ready to serve you. It's yeah. 2 a.m. The, the shops are never locked up. Or uh, you go into the tomb. But there's no bodies around. All of the traps have not been set off. There's no uh, indication of bolts or gas being let off anywhere. Um, it's just as though the world was waiting for only you to arrive. Um, what is your... Uh, Opinion on this? How do you work around it? Uh, uh, me first. Sure, if we're gonna go uh, in the same. Honestly, uh, I I'm a I, I I don't mind this so much. Mm-hmm. Like if if I think there's gonna be a funny story with uh, the innkeeper, and he wants the party to go do something, but the party's been gallivanting off three cities away for the past six months. When you come back. The guy's going to still have heard about your exploits because bards are a thing. And he will say, oh, yeah, I heard you guys were doing this. Listen, this happened. Can you go help? Like six months ago when I wanted them to talk to the innkeeper and do this mission, like go save his daughter from the keep or something. They were all level three. I had the encounters built as if they were level three. Now they're coming back and they're level eight. I'm still going to give them the exact same mission. But I'm just going to build the encounters as if they're level eight. But um, is that the... I I don't do a lot of the living world stuff like Adam does, where Adam will be like, okay, this encounter is happening. Say this innkeeper with the daughter. The yeah. party's off for six months, comes back. No, now you have an innkeeper whose daughter's dead. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But is the innkeeper always there? Because even when the party shows up at four a.m., oh, is the, uh, is the tavern ever locked? There is <laughs> always there's always. Ah, uh, specifically in this instance, yes, there's always someone there to receive guests. Unless they have no vacancy, at least, and yeah, then but the someone, magic shop is closed, right? The magic shop is closed magic at night, closed. Yeah, right? The, the, and yeah, that that's that's bonkers. If it's two o'clock in the morning and you're walking into the magic shop and you still have like that bright-eyed, uh, no merchant going, "Welcome to see all my wares." What it's about like, the no, no, what no. about the tombs? Are the traps have the traps ever been set off? Is there ever anybody? Like, is there ever somebody who almost made it out and has the MacGuffin just as you walk in? Oh, that guy almost made it. Oh, well, that was easy. We'll just take that. <laughs> no, but now there will be because that sounds fantastic. Like, But, but I, I I would get them to do a perception check and if they miss it, have them walk past it. What I'll, what I'll do, come back out. what I will do is I will set a trap near the very beginning of a dungeon or something like that that has been triggered and has a corpse in it with some sort of treasure or something on him as a way of saying, hey guys, there's going to be traps here. And then that doesn't happen again. Hmm. Right? Like, if they do find a trap, um, it has been reset and there are skeletons in it. If it's like a pit or or, or something like that. Or uh, maybe if it's a, like an arrow trap or like a, certain traps I'll, I'll have. So maybe they're a little disfigured, but they still might work. But for the most part, I want this to be an exploration for the party. So the party is going to do the exploration, not necessarily um, 
finding someone else has done it and made it a bunch easier for them. Unless there are story reasons to do that, mm-hmm. right? So, no, I, 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 I like the waiting world. I like playing, uh, throwing these set pieces that I've built at them. Um, but it's that's that's my perspective on it, Adam. Yeah, again, I'm I'm of a different mindset on this. If you're playing in the Forgotten Realms, it's called that because there's a deep, rich history, five editions plus yeah. of history in this area, right? And hundreds of novels. Uh, yeah, and frankly, everyone there are ruins on top of ruins on top of ruins. You should always have the basement that leads to the sewer, that leads to the catacombs, that lead to the graveyard, that leads to the mausoleum, that leads to the vampire lair. To like, it's, it always needs to spiral into the next thing because it's the forgotten realms. You're building on top of buildings yeah. that have crumbled, right? So, yeah, people have been here absolutely. I think the real question that you need to ask yourself is, um, is is it a secret? Who knows about it? Mm. And and why do they know about it? Who built it? Why did they build it this way? I don't understand um, the the temple where you have to go. Well, there's an altar where there's a sacrifice that has to be uh, put there. And the, this is where they used to have giant sacrifices with hundreds of cultists and whatnot. But the front door is trapped. How many cultists accidentally fell in that pit before they're like, you know what? We shouldn't have put a pit here. <laughs> <laughs> right? oh, you're so right. Why is there pits there? So, so, so it makes sense to me that there would there would be this, but now it's been long forgotten for a thousand years. Just, <laughs> I just imagine just right before the sacrifice to do it, and we will all take a minute just to remember Dave, who last week unfortunately <laughs> fell into the pit that Rob forgot to fill in. They're all entering the place chanting, and you just hear the one guy go, "Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, didn't, oh, didn't put the cover over the pit again." His name was Robert Paulson. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, anyway, now you lot are gonna die. Yeah. So the the thing about um, is is the why is there a pit here? Because someone else has moved in since kobolds, goblins. Someone moved in and created a very crude pit trap of some sort. And you should have differing layers of of uh, like I'm totally okay with putting a dragon in the bottom of a dungeon. It makes zero fucking sense at face value. But if the dungeon was made by a mad wizard. Then yes, absolutely. They put the dragon in there with a spring of water that shows up every day, and there's a cow that just bamfs in every day at dawn. Jurassic Park stuff. Yeah, right. So that the, the dragon, the dragon is, and now the dragon is pissed. It's been down here for a hundred years. It's mad as all hell. It can't get out because of warding. When you show up, it is going to bargain with you to get out. But this is an evil red dragon, right? Like the, this is what should be down there. If you're going to put a dragon in, like, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, so who made it and why? Again, like, I'm going to keep coming back to this idea of why. Mm-hmm. I don't care how. How is in the details that I'll make up later. Why? And as for, is the shop open late at night? Uh, yeah, but it's a nocturnal creature that's that's in there. It's like, it's the night shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe only sometimes. Like, maybe the magic shop isn't open during the day. It's no, actually only open at night. Yeah, and it's, and it's run, it was run by uh, by by witches. Yeah, right. So, or maybe maybe you've got a a, a wolf man, like a, a half wolf um, creature, like a oh, there's a knoll, 
right? It's kind of wolfy looking, and he he's a night crew, and there's a really haggard looking guy, and he's a day crew, and it's the same guy, but he's been bitten by a werewolf, right? And he's just like nobody knows. He's just got a little bit of intelligence to, to the wolf aspect, right? So it's he just never sleeps and is fucking haggard. And, and by the fifteenth time you come in here, he's just dead face down. He died out of exhaustion. <laughs> Right, like I love it, because I mean, why not have a night crew? I mean, if you go to Walmart twenty four hours, right, yeah. a day, maybe yeah, depending on your town size that you build as well. Like in Waterdeep, there are night markets. Yes, in yeah. in yeah. Baldur's Gate, maybe not. Oh, Baldur's Gate, maybe like in the lower ends, but like in Blood Hump, nowhere in M. No, there's no magic. There's no, no. night market there. No. Hmm. So, okay. anyways, well. I feel like we came to a natural end there. Adam, I know you have a, a really big shout-out that you want to do this week. This could be a perfect time for that. Yeah, um, I want to do a shout-out to uh, Inc. D&D Podcast. That's their uh, their Instagram. It's at INCDND Podcast. Uh, there's no dots or dashes or any of that nonsense in there. Um, they have got uh, an absolutely amazing podcast. The INC, it does not stand for Incorporated, which I thought it did for a while. Yeah. Uh, it actually stands for It's Never Cloudy in D&D. Um, which I believe is a takeoff of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. So um, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. They've got over 40 episodes. They just came to kind of like a natural end of an arc. Yep. Uh, so it's a really good time to jump in and listen to them. Their page is, is great. It's uh, half or I guess a third about the podcast and two-thirds memes. And it's, it's a, just a lot of fun. Uh, I'm always it's a good format. I like that yeah. format. I like that. Yeah. Um, That's what I need. I don't. I, I am straight up front. I don't listen to actual play D&D podcasts. Um, I think that as a general rule, why am I listening to someone else have fun? I want to yeah, have you're, fun you're myself. you're weird that way. Um, but I do listen to them have fun. Yeah. And it is fun to listen to. I really like the story that they're on, but I'm not going to give any spoilers. So uh, go check it out. There's only 40 episodes. So if uh, if you can check out their, their show notes are really good about describing, you know, we've come to the end of this or we're heading into this or whatever it is. So you can, you know where to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you like what you hear, go back to the beginning. Even from, from episode one, it's fantastic. So awesome. anyways, I thought I'd, I'd give them a shout out. They're, they're great. What's the yeah. handle one more time? It's at I-N-C-D-N-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Inc. D-N-D podcast. Cool. All right. Okay, um, let's move on, guys. I want to do this next bit, uh, not necessarily quick fire, but maybe just some quick rounds um, about uh, modules and campaign settings and what our opinions are of some existing ones on, out there. So I don't know if you guys want to roll initiative first and then go in the same order or continue to keep rolling initiative, but we'll probably do it about five times if we continue to. So do you, do you I like rolling dice. You okay yeah. with rolling dice? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, first question then before we roll initiative. Uh, which 5th uh, edition module excites us the most and why? Let's go. Am I going to win again? Holy. No, no, no I didn't. You, you lost Second. Me. I um, haven't lost yet. I am dying to do the entire water deep. Uh, yeah, Adam's walking away. Getting another <laughs> dice. <laughs> you should just grab the basket because we're going to butter roll the dice a bunch more. No, no I'm doing this until I get the right one. Okay. Um, I, I want to do the entire Waterdeep series. The the um, Dragon Heist. Dragon Heist Dungeon the and Mage. Dungeon of the Mad Mage. I've always wanted to play a purely urban campaign. And it's the first one that goes to level 20 that they've produced as well. Okay, play, so, your, play your DM. I want to play in it. 
Yeah, because um, you say you, you don't want to DM these sandbox campaigns, whatever. If you're going urban, you have to have it sandbox. Oh, you do. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it can't. When be... I'm more excited, I I don't like necessarily running the box like the the modules all that well. I'll take them and I'll mess with them and I'll make them my own thing. Um, and and by four, session four, we are wildly variant off of it. But uh, in terms of playing it, I really want to. I want to play in this. I've had lots of fun playing a Curse of Strahd. I had lots of fun playing Tombs of Annihilation. I've read through Princes of the Apocalypse and uh, want to run that because I'm a huge fan of the uh, Elemental Evil series of modules all the way back from AD and D forward. Um, Such a good name for a band as well, don't you think? Prince of the Apocalypse. Prince of the Apocalypse. That's got to be a metal. They're, they're band. a metal be the band. Best yeah, name they're thrash metal. metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of spikes in the title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, so for me, it's Dungeon of the Mad Mage uh, and Dragon Heist together is the Waterdeep focus. Uh, I know that the um, All Natural Twenties are working through this right now, and I've I've actually started tuning in and watching them. Spoilers. I'm not going to say what they do, but they're fantastic. I've I've gotten a couple mess. I've got a couple messages from the girls, and they're like, "So this is what's happening with my character, and what do you think of this?" I'm like, "That's amazing, but why are you telling me this? Because I want to experience it watching the stream, and, and it, it's it's been fantastic." So they get excited. They do. Bless them. Uh, you were up next. You next, next to me. Who, what what do you guys think it is the fifth edition module that I want to? Play no, that you're I Tyranny of Dragons, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yes. Uh, e- easy answer. Tyranny of Dragons. I didn't get to play it yet. It reflects my interests. It's a long leveling campaign, and I like to get sucked into story arcs. And I haven't been able to do that one yet. But then, you, Adam, you just got me thinking: Do I want to play in that, or do I want to DM that? And I think I've decided that I want to DM that because when you DM, you can play whoever you want to be. Now I know I have three groups going, but if you ever put that together, call me because I'm I'm on board to play in that. Because I haven't I haven't played in it either. It's twenty nineteen. I haven't made a phone call in six years. <laughs> but yeah. Send me a text message. I will text then. you. You twit. <laughs> Running T O D lol. Tweeting then. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> Social okay. media bullshit. Adam I I don't know if it's just me. I I have this real issue with um I've got like megalophobia. Um, I don't like big shit. I like stuff that is too big actually terrifies me. Mm. I went to Washington DC a couple of summers ago for the first time and I saw the Capitol Hill building. Yeah. And it is so big and I felt so small that it was um I almost got vertigo out of it. Like it it terrified the shit out of me to be next to such a large building. I used to get that when I was a kid. Like you know, like big like industrial works and stuff, yeah. or like trains. Yeah. yeah, used to freak out. I don't have that problem. I'm, I'm not a coward. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> totally set myself up for that. I'm not a coward. I literally just told you I was a coward. So okay. Um, okay, so Dan, we're gonna come back to that. Um, and uh, I get the, the opportunity so rarely, but uh, I want to play Storm King's Thunder mm. for exactly the reason of you were the smallest thing in that campaign. Yeah, I love the idea of the ordning being out of whack. As well, um, and so I want to play in it. I don't. I don't want to run it. I want to. I want to play Storm King's yeah. Thunder, and I want to be dwarfed by absolutely everything. And I would play a small creature in it too, just so that when the Frost Giant steps out, even if I'm level fifteen and it is just a Frost Giant, I am like this thing is is massive. Yeah, and it's absolutely phenomenal. I I love the idea of things being 
being super big. One, one of the things that, that freaks me out is, more than anything else is how deep the ocean actually is. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, I'm there too. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't like being over open water. Even flying, I don't like being over open water. Like, it just it freaks me out because if you go into that water, not only do you not know where the depth is, you don't know what's below you at any given point, and the deeper you go, the more everything else can move through that area better than you can. Yeah. You've just enhanced a bunch of people's water phobia. Yeah, uh, it's called facilophobia, and, and oh. it's another thing. Like, I'm all over this shit. I love horror, and I love fear, and I love all that. These are mine. I yeah. don't like big shit, and I don't like, like open ocean. So um, I would want to play in that uh, to a lesser degree. I, would, I think the next thing that I'd be interested in DMing would be I'd string six of the seven modules um, of Tales from the Yawning Portal together. Yeah. yeah. They're each just a fun dungeon, each in of themselves. Yeah. Um, and they naturally go together one after another. So. All right. Okay. Next question. Which fifth edition? Can't speak. Which fifth edition module least excited? That didn't even say 13. that sense correctly. Then you I lost can't again speak anymore. Yeah, I rolled a ten. What did I? This is double digits. That's the I've first won three digits. times. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep this dice. You're not dead yet to me. You gotta give me a ten. For the first Adam time. has. He he can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> he can't hurt us anymore. Why do you uh, say this? Because you know Sunday's going to come along and we're going to play a game which and he's just going to destroy us. Yes. Which 5th edition module least excites me? Um, right now, it's actually Storm King's Thunder. Really? And the reason being is we've come across giants and giant type things a lot in your campaign. And so it's nothing that I have against Storm King's Thunder. It's just that I've scratched that itch. For a little while. That's fair. So it's, you know, um, I think eventually I'll come back around to it. I'm not hating on Storm King Thunder at all, but um, I would be in some ways repeating myself at this point. Yeah. And I want to explore something else first. But that's that's just a personal one for me. Um, For me, it's Out of the Abyss. Um, I, <sighs> Pourquoi? I, I don't like... I know we just got through an Underdark episode. Um, yeah. And yeah. we talked about the Underdark. And I, I like the Underdark as, as a thing to dip into. Um, and we even cover like running a campaign in the Underdark. I have no interest in playing in a campaign in the Underdark. I want <laughs> the I, truth comes out. I want to see the sun. I want to experience the sunlight. Uh, you told me that like Out of the Abyss was uh, from the title. It's supposed to be all about demons, and there's very little demons in it. I'm like, well, that that was like the main draw for me to go to it was that it, it's about demons, and no, it's not about demons. It's about demon princes. I'd want to play it just to experience the demon princes themselves. There are demons in it. Like, you almost want to pick up the last third of the module. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, as a whole, like, I've played Curse of Strahd. I've played uh, um, Tomb of Annihilation. And I've read through Princes of the Apocalypse um, with the intention of running it. Out of the Abyss does not interest me at all. There's even some, like, uh, Pathfinder analogs to Out of the Abyss. That, that came up, and back when my party was playing uh, Pathfinder, and even then, they were, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Adam? I don't give a fuck about your cultists, Terry. I really don't. I would love to my play... My cultists? Yeah, I would, love, I would love to play Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat if oh, you are DMing I see what you're going with this, though. I was but, like, what, I have offended Adam with no, his cultists. I just, I just don't give a fuck about cultists. Every module I've ever played, every D&D, where I've been the player has been 
cultists. And they you're were, sick to death at I'm CrossFit. Ju- I'm just... <laughs> yeah. If I want cultists... No, I almost... I almost took, There's enough took, vegans nope, and nope, CrossFit yeah, athletes. I, 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 yeah, I, I almost went after Scientologists, but they might listen. I can't, I can't afford to get sued. Um, but no... I'm just I'm tired of it. If I'm if I want to play low level bad guys, give me Knowles. Why do we not have a Knoll campaign? Why do we not have an orc campaign? Why is it all humans in fucking robes? Red robes at that. Oh, you're, yeah, it's red <laughs> or, or black. black with red emblems yeah. on them. Maybe like, purple. Uh, maybe yeah. a little bit of purple. Yeah. No, you want another cultist? The only cultists that I will actually like open my arms to and accept are going to be the cult the cultists of the Kraken. Because these guys are weird. This is like Ooh, Cthulhu I like level. Yeah, 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 I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're weird. What does a kraken want? Because krakens are a real thing, and they've got their own cults and oh, like man. their sacrifice. I'm into that. I want to see more of that. I want to play a character which is a cultist of a kraken now. Yeah, that, that would be a really cool. Let me see, Triton, Sea Elf, Water Genasi. Yeah, right. Like messed we, up. Like we, now we, you'd be a greasy dwarf. Cleric that's that, that's what I would want to do. Just like a wet. Dwarf cleric. I feel like you play a grung or a grung. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I I don't give a shit about this. I want to fight dragons. I haven't looked into the to the rise of Tiamat or or the tyranny of dragons. Spoiler: it's cultists. Yeah, it's cultists, right? It's not. It's not even dragons. There's probably one or two in there somewhere. No, it is based a lot around dragons, but it's the main things you're interacting with is cultists. Yeah, and I just. That doesn't that doesn't interest me. I'd I'd run it, Terry. I I love your style of DMing. Thank you. So I would be one hundred percent in for whatever you're running. I don't but... follow the modules properly, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> if Curse of Strahd taught me anything, I'd be like the orcs are trying to race the dragons. Is this not cultists? No. <laughs> well, why the frick not? Right. Right. Yeah. Why not make them lizard folk or or kobolds or yeah, and actually kobolds specifically orcs blend. Very well into this because we've talked. They're very superstitious race. Like why? Why not just make all of their human cultists? And, yeah. Why is every cultist a human? This is just this is bullshit to me. I just, I'm mad. Now I'm fucking mad. Next question. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, which uh, which of the uh, fifth edition modules do you think is the easiest to bake into a homebrew campaign? Go, Dan. You go. I'll go. Four. Another fucking one! Eighteen! <laughs> I, I won one four or five times. Adam, come back. I'm winning. Adam, don't leave. I'll, I'll be right back, guys. <laughs> don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I, uh, but before I was... It's time for another social media I, tip no, from no, Uncle I, Terry. No. Hell to the no. No, this one's okay. Hell to the no. This one's about your profession. Okay. Okay. If anyone wants a BDSM social oh, media. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, what is he going to do with wood? There's going to be something about wood here. Okay. Adam's you back. You doing okay, Adam? We missed it. Take a breather. I, I, okay? You know, that, that vein of my forehead is still throbbing. Do you know what okay. I hate in the world? Damn. Which is rolling where... three natural ones. <laughs> okay. And fuck you. Where, <laughs> where shit just becomes predictable. Like, before you roll the dice, you know you're going to lose. Yeah. Or you know that you're, you you have to get to something quickly, so some dick got himself pulled over on Highway 1. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I hate that predictable shit, and that's what Shout you're Shout out to right regional now. highways. <laughs> like, the only highway. Shout, Listen, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, fix your shit and stop being so good at your job and pulling everyone over because they're speeding. How dare gotta, you protect us? Because I gotta a good get job somewhere, okay? It. Fuck your servant protect. Get out the way. 
Carry on. Are we good? Speaking <laughs> of cults. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> okay. Uh, did we answer that question? I no, not at all. Adam got really mad. Oh, I was got going derailed. First. I was going for it. Uh, which, which, uh, you got mad about police. Which, uh, fuck, the, <laughs> fuck the police. Somebody should write a song about that. Okay. <laughs> um, have you seen Us? Sorry, sidebar. Have you seen Us? Have I seen Us? I don't think so. Uh, no, that's the Jordan Peele one. Yeah. Uh, speak, no. Speaking of fuck the police, watch that movie. I, I, I'm not going to say anything else, but okay. it, it is the best thing that's nah, ever happened Jordan on Jordan Peele's great. Jordan Peele's Yeah, great. he's fantastic. Anyways. Uh, which oh, which is the uh, a module that I think can be easily dropped into a campaign. Probably Cursor Strahd takes place in a demi plane. You can just drop it in anywhere and be like, "Hey, we got you know five or six sessions that we want to do a side quest. So here you go. Uh, doesn't really matter whether you win or lose in this one, and we can probably fudge it so you just leave at any time if you want to. Yep. Super easy. Okay. Cursor Strahd. Yep. Uh, for me, it'd be the Lost Minds of Fandelver. I don't know how many campaigns that were complete numbers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that start off with the Lost Minds of Fandelver. And then just evolve. And they just evolve from there. It's built to be that way. It, yeah, right. It's 100% built to be that way. It's built to be dropped into Got a, a little campaign. bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Got some urban stuff. Got some dungeons. Got some caves. Got some goblins. Yeah. Yep. Like even the Adventure Zone podcast, which is a massively popular actual play podcast, uh, their first arc that they did started with the Lost Minds of Fandelver and then went wildly off rails. Like yeah. It's, it, it is. I love that. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Man. Good. Adam? Uh, I, Tales from the Yawning Portal. Because, yeah, oh yeah. because every, <laughs> Same reason. Every, so, yeah. every two or three levels, there's a brand new dungeon for you to go in yeah. that'll take you two or three levels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it literally works you up to, I think it's level 14. Um, why, like, this just runs itself. Yeah. And then by the, if, you, if you're able to play up through level 14, um, you should be able to just kind of make your own shit after that. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff. They got White Plume Mountain, uh, which is fantastic. It's, it's an old classic. Yeah. Um, All of the ones in there are classics that they've re- no, remastered. No, there's a couple. There's a couple. There's in, a couple brand new, new ones? Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So it's it's a really good mix. Um, and uh, like the early stuff, it, it still suits... The, the people that are new to the game that just want to get the their combat out of the way. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of social shit going on in there. So it's a lot of exploration and combat, which is fun. And a lot of it a lot of it's exploration. Yeah. Which is why I like it as well. So yeah. cool. Nice. Last question, you guys. Uh, what kind of adventure do you think is missing from the published modules? You ready? Go Oh my god. I'm gonna win again. 17. Oh a two. A two. I quit the podcast. Adam, Adam <laughs> lost his power. Adam lost. Get out of here. Go. Leave. You're Me no longer Dan. welcome. The Dan and Terry show. The Tan show. The Dairy show. We are both so way too pale to call ourselves the what? tan no man I'm, mine's coming on a I'm bit. translucent oh, the sun dude, radiates actually, off of me actually something completely unrelated to the podcast for who I am in my real life I had to record something where I was doing something on stage before and I looked basically translucent I looked yep. like the fucking Night King yeah like, whenever there's any sort of video of me it's, it's like, like it's like radiating off my bald head or my pale white arms yeah it's just Radiate, and of course I get nervous, so I sweat. So it's just glistening br- radiance. Oh, man, it's, it's so hard to be a white man in this world. <laughs> I'm joking, internet. I'm joking, joking internet. Your gut. Uh, so God, what kind man. of adventure is missing? Um, is, are we just going? Yeah, no? we're just going. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, we're good. Do you know what I think? I touched on this before, but I think large scale warfare. 
Mm. And it's a, a huge overarching campaign where there's a large-scale warfare going on, and you can basically interact with that however you want. Whether you can you can be a soldier or join one of the armies and just try and survive the battles, or you can go more like political intrigue, um, and basically navigate your way through this this war. Mm-hmm. But it's happening regardless. Yeah. Maybe you can steer the tides a little bit, which way it goes. But I feel like uh, I feel like uh, there's room for that. I think it can be done. And yeah. I think that could be broken up into smaller, basically a, a few different modules that can be tied together. Yeah, it would have a very Game of Thrones feel almost. And you know, and that's the type of thing I like. Yeah. Um, I di- actually, I didn't get that idea from Game of Thrones. I got it from, I was thinking about Braveheart. Oh but, yeah, okay. But I guess cool. that makes perfect sense. Well, like just the fantasy world, right? But having yeah. like massive army pieces to move around, like, yeah, it, it it appeals to the tabletop war gamer in me as well. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd be on board with this. He's sitting on the Did couch and pouting. He's, he's actually, sitting on the couch and pouting. Oh pouting. my god! He's looking over. That's where our guests are going to sit. That's where our guests are going to sit when we have uh, when we have when we have guests. Which we've actually been talking about internet spoilers. We should. Um, okay, who's going <laughs> next? Let, uh, no, Probably it's me because because Adam. Oh, that's why Adam's not here too. Okay, Ready, Dan? that's why he's pouting on the couch. For me, uh, I would love to see an astral plane, like an astral sea, a base campaign. Mm. Um, I have said multiple times on this podcast that I love mind flayers and I love the gif. I love gif Yankee. I love gif Zerai. I love the story and the culture. GIF. No, <laughs> good lord, it is not. It is gif and it is gif. It mm, no Terry. Terrence, we will fight about this. Did you, know, did you know my name is not actually Terrence? I know, yeah. yeah I, was, I, I was born with a nickname. You were born, born nick- Terry? Here's a nickname. I'm Terry. I, I, I honestly thought it was short for something that wasn't Terrence. I did not know that was your legit given no. name. Terry. Your parents hated you. Terry in Quebec. <laughs> Terry. Uh, anyways, uh, no, I, I would really love to see an astral plane campaign from level 1 to 20 that had your uh, party really interact with these more... Um, outworldly forces that populate the astral sea that so rarely are infested inside of the uh, material plane mm. when you're not in the underdark. Yeah. Right? So, like, I would love to see an astral sea campaign. Adam, would you like Adam, to join us like, and give us your can, opinion? We can tell the world. Adam no. sat so far before I went from us. He's now reading a fucking book. Adam doesn't get an answer. That's okay. Okay, well, we're going to go through He's the... just sitting over there reading Xanathar's. We're going to... <laughs> He's all I like, I need something to rip. do, so I'm just going to read Xanathar's. Well, we're going to go through the published modules now and tell the world roughly what they're all about. If, if you want to get Yeah, we kind of need you for Come this on, part. Come on, Adam. Brain. God damn. All right, we're rolling again? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, if I go Adam, last. <laughs> Adam wants nothing, nothing to do with this podcast anymore. Okay, roll. What? <laughs> I, I, got, I, I got the highest roll, but it t- fucking tied. It goddamn tied. Who am I rolling off with? Terry? Terry, me. Yeah, I got it too. Four. Four. Oh, we tied again. How did you tied double tie? Nicely done, boys. And a, oh, another seven. At least you're not going last. One second. At least you're not did going Did I win last. again? You won again. Fuck me. Every single roll this. That, uh, how many times have I won? I've, won. I've only lost one. You've only lost one. My goodness. We're my, balancing the scales today. My that's time that's, that's has come. Okay. Well, basically, I'll bring up a module. We, you know, we won't go through all of the weird ones. We'll go through the main ones. And if you feel like you've got a little bit more knowledge on it, you can you can certainly pipe up. Okay, but let's talk about the ones we we just talked about. So, Lost Minds of Fandelva. Uh, you're you're going down, and you were trying to find some uh, hidden dwarves or, or lost dwarves. That, yeah, it's uh, the it's the starter pack. It's the starter pack thing. one, right? So, if you go and buy the spa- starter pack, which will come with dice and pre built characters. Yeah, and very loose uh, 
somewhat similar rule set, like a very simplified rule set to an already simplified you know, system. It doesn't even have a full set of dice. It only has six dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you, missing its double D10. But you get a little bit of everything. So even if you're a new DM, you get to work through some caves, work through some dungeons. You get to do some exploration through the woods. You get to meet the yep. mobs, the goblins, and the orcs. And, yep. and you get to build your skills in all of the different areas of DMing. And the players also get to touch in all the different areas of playing. Yeah, it's got a little bit the, of everything for everybody. Right, as opposed to some of the other modules that are very focused in specific areas because that's what the players want. And it's lightning fast. You go one to four. You're, one to four, boom. And you're done. You're in and you're out. Yeah. Wham, bam. Thank you, Dan. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Adam. All right, what do we got next? Uh, tyranny of Dragons. Do Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, it's it's goddamn Dragon Cultists. I've already ranted about this bullshit. Uh, okay, all right. This is not the week, man. I have to do the podcast. Adam's like, do you know what I love? It's Adam. Fair play to Adam for the amount of work he does on this podcast. Comes up with everything that we should talk about we yeah, should do yeah. we should he does he does all do the work all of and this content this, one, this is what we're going to go through it's very patient with me he's literally like terry i just need you to fucking read this book and, sh- <laughs> and show up on time i'm like i can give you one of those things <laughs> <laughs> i will be late but i will make sure i know what i'm talking about when i get there and, so, and now we're going through the content that you wanted to do and you're like fuck tyranny of dragons and fucking cultists <laughs> i'm getting out of here uh, all right so so uh, the very first thing it's uh horde of the dragon queen um, and it's the wrong horde. I always think it's it's the other horde, but it 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 isn't. It's not a pile of gold. It is no, a... no, no. I no. I always think it is like it's the same thing as like, dragon heist is not you stealing from a dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, every one it's of almost the... like they did that intentionally. They, mm-hmm. they do that all the time. Though. Out of the abyss has very little to do with actual fiend. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right, not in so. the abyss. You're out of the abyss. Yeah, Rise yeah. of Tiamat, she only shows up at the end. You'd think she'd rise at the beginning and you had yeah. a hunter down. You know what? Even Curse of Strahd is misleading because the curse is on him, not yeah. it's not what he's inflicting on the world. Yeah. Really, you know? The uh, Tomb of Annihilation is at the very end. It should yeah, be called it's, the it's, Tomb of the It's 10% of the campaign. Yeah, it yeah. should be called Chult with a with a dangerous lot. Yeah, with yeah, with yeah. Yeah. So, um anyway, so yeah, the the first one is is about the horde. It's, it's cultists, and the second one is literally raising Tiamat. There's a couple yeah. of dragon appearances, but that's uh, it. Fuck, spoiler! You're gonna fight Tiamat, maybe. Yeah. Okay. You <laughs> fly through this. Princes of the Apocalypse. Uh, Damn. It is the Elder Elemental Eye has uh, inspired four twisted generals to do their thing uh, to bring the Elder Elemental Eye into the Forgotten Realms. Okay. Um, it's it's the Temple of Elemental Evil just. Taking place in the Forgotten Realms. Levels it's one to fifteen. It's one a to long fifteen. It's campaign. a long one. You are fighting against the elements specifically, like earth, fire, wind, and water. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And, cool. Yeah. I got a fire. Yeah. The, I got uh, a fire. But like uh, the elemental planes feature heavily in it. You're going to be fighting a lot. The uh, Aarakocra feature heavily in a very certain section. The air one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, right. They're not waterfowl. Uh, no, but there's there's a lot of politics in between, like how air and earth really it's, don't get along, and how well, fire and water really don't get along, and are actively <laughs> fighting against each other. Like there's a lot of uh, intercult politics and more goddamn cults. <laughs> so many cultists. Yeah. yeah. So many cultists. Oh. So I. Um, yeah. It's Prince it's, of the Apocalypse. Next. Out of the Abyss, go. No, it's you, Terry. That's oh, you. it is me? Yeah. Out of the Abyss, uh, it mostly takes place in the Underdark, has very little to do with the Abyss, uh, but is, involves demons 
heavily. So if you are interested in fighting demons, this is a long leveling campaign from uh, levels 1 to 14, where you essentially travel through the Underdark, come out of it, spoiler alert, you go back into it. I haven't played it, but this is my understanding of it. Does anyone have anything they would like to add to this? Uh, you spend, We're really selling it to them. Yeah, you spend, you spend a lot of time um, in a couple of major cities, and there's a lot of travel in between. I believe there's one part where you're imprisoned and you're you're escaping mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And so there's survival checks in the Underdark. Apparently, it can be pretty deadly without meaning to be in some areas. Mm -hmm. And when you go off the rails, it's not like, oh, you walked into the forest and you came back out of the forest. No, you took a path and you may not, you may never find your way back. Yeah, yeah. This, I believe, this one is the one that really requires a railroad to it mm -hmm. to, to yeah, keep your enough. your party. Uh, and there's a little bit of that inside of uh, Tomb of Annihilation, which we'll get to, where you could just get lost wandering the jungles of Chult forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Strahd, another good name for oh, a metal band. Yeah, that'd be me. Um, first and foremost, I love Death House. Death House is a lot of fun, mm -hmm. and if you really take your time and get into the description... It gets overlooked, um, I think. You it know, does. You get people to skip past it. I, I highly recommend to anyone running Death House, use a horror movie soundtrack of some sort. Like, have that cre creepy ambient noise coming from the back. Uh, you could definitely find one that... The doors? Uh, this, the doors are creaking. The house is always settling and shifting and, and making noise. Giggling. And there's always either a giggle or a baby crying off in the corner. A crow cause occasionally. Find one of those, play it during the session. Your your party will hate it or love it. Yeah. Probably both. Um, yeah. And also, I'd, I'd run it in the dark. I'd yep. dim, dim it and light candles. Mm -hmm. Right? So, mm -hmm. um, I, I like Death House because I like everything horror. I also really do like Curse of Strahd because it's as sandboxed as it is. You really don't... <laughs> there's no real guide for running Curse of Strahd. No. Even inside the book... Right, it says it just tells you. Oh, remember to make sure to dangle Strahd in front of your people every once in a while. Yeah, it's and, very and, loose on it though. And, and and have a dinner. There should be a dinner. <laughs> right. 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 That's that's right. A, at some point, Strahd will invite the party to dinner. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so they leave. I, don't I would say the curse of Strahd. A lot of people pick it up early in their D and D career. Uh, this one to me is an intermediate. It's yeah. not. It's not that it's hard. It's intensive for a DM. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Terry, Terry ran it for the first time he ever DM'd and uh, did a fantastic job, but it was pretty pretty uh, taxing on you. Mm, it was taxing on me. Yeah. It's, Curse of Strahd I found particularly difficult because it will mention an NPC, f say, then not mention it again for a whole load of the book and then just be like, this person will do this. But players being players have probably fucking killed that person that you just thought was expendable because it didn't get mentioned. Or very deep into the book, it'll be like, here's this NPC that should have done this earlier. What do you mean? Should? But now we're 75% of the way through the book. Yeah. Like it's, it's you, I would definitely recommend reading it. Read it again. Read it for a third time. Of all of the modules, it's the, it's the least linear. Yeah. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation is not that linear either. Yeah, but it actually has a boss battle at the end, does it not? Uh, yeah, no, it does. It 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 definitely does. Um, when you take on a Serac and and the that's that's the thing. Considering Strahd is supposed to show up multiple times, there's very little guidance for the DM on how to just not have him be killed immediately. Considering yeah. there's a lot of ways within that campaign that you can. Spoiler in three, two, one. Go. Consider there's a fucking diva just hanging around. Like, yeah. really high-powered. Yeah. Who... And, and Argenvost? 
should be able to fuck up Strahd pretty yeah pretty quick yeah. I mean yeah I mean technically he's not actually not supposed to be there he's I think he's supposed to be dead I just brought him back in but anyway uh, no and, and stock Curse of Strahd you could bring Arkham Voss as a Draco Lich yep back so and yeah, have him weird. fight for you and he did. do things yeah. yeah he did anyway what do we have next uh, Tales from the Yawning Port no sorry Storm King's Thunder I know nothing about Storm King's Thunder Storm King's Thunder it's Giants Storm King's Thunder, yeah. Uh, so, so the basic idea is that the ordning has, has broken. What is the ordning? You okay. said this three times. All right. So, so the ordning is a giant thing. There's a really, there's a lot of cool giant lore. Um, uh, the ordning is is uh, very. Uh, what was it? It's it's mod. It's not mog. It's mod. Mog is bad. Mod is good. This is like these are the giant words for good and bad, right? The ordning is the order in which. Okay, so there's the storm giants. They are more powerful than I believe it is Cloud Giants are next, right? And so they're at the top of the giant hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, the lowest Storm Giant is still more powerful and more uh, respected by every giant below in any one of the lower castes. It's essentially the caste system. Okay. Hill Giants are the lowest. No matter how good you are as a Hill Giant, you will never be as good as the lowest Frost Giant or the lowest Stone Giant. Yeah. You just never will be. Because you are a hill giant. And below the hill giants are ogres and other giant kin as you go down. So there's the ordning itself has broken and anybody can make a grab for it. You guys know the mini that we have, the fat hill giant chief mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it, um Her whole story is now that the ordning is broken, she believes that the bigger the giant, the more power they have. So she just eats everything and gets that fat and names herself chief. Of giant kind, right? And so, and that's straight in uh, out of uh, Storm King Thunder. Cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of neat stuff going <laughs> that on. That is a monstrous mini. Yeah. Like it's just mm-hmm. huge. It's bigger than a softball, right? Yeah. Like it's it, it's a lot of fun. But anyway, that's what Storm King's Thunder is. So mm, cool. Sweet. Uh, but, but tales from the Yawning Portal, levels one to fourteen. I guess from my understanding, it's just it's a it, well, it's a load of dungeons. It's a load of uh, you do one or two levels, maybe up to five levels for each for each one. And there's a lot of classics in there, but also some new ones. But it's a lot of dungeon crawls. Yeah, and each one kind of ends off at the same level where the next one picks up. Yeah. What's really interesting about it is that it's kind of built to have a framework to it where you guys sit down with characters that you've drawn up that are not the characters you play. You sit down with characters and you then talk to the bartender. Or you meet someone else in the bar that says, Hey, have you guys heard about the story of the time that we went into White Plume Mountain? Let me tell you what that is. And then you guys grab your real characters hmm. and you play White Plume Mountain. And at the end, the framing device comes back to the bartender, whoever, it goes, wasn't that a cool story? Hmm. Well, and then someone else at the bar goes, well, let me tell you about this. Hmm. And then you have new characters that come in. Love that. Right? So they've got this like framework built right into the book. Or you can just run it dungeon by dungeon by dungeon by dungeon. All those yeah. Right? Well, like, there's a guild that hired you to go do this. Right? So, I love it. I, you know what? I think I really like that yeah and there's there's a lot of different flavors to each one of the each one of the dungeons is radically different Hmm. so uh tomb of annihilation uh dan i know you're gonna have a lot on this yeah i'll I'll, I'll take this one because i still got chult up on my wall here uh it is basically a jungle exploration uh campaign you are tasked to um find an item that is causing people to not be able to be resurrected this is session one it's yeah from the get-go, you'll catch on to this. From the get-go? Um, from the get-go. Okay. From the get-go. I 
hate you from the Geico. Um, <laughs> save ninety nine dollars. No. Uh, anyways, no. You you get tasks in Port Nianzaru, uh to go and find a guide and go out and uh, explore the wilds of Chultz. And your each of the guides which are provided. You could also create your own, but the, the provided ones have their own missions and uh, claims, and then you pay them, and you have to worry about. It's very uh, survivalistic. You have to worry about bug repellent because, of course, you're in the wildest jungle. Um, very prehistoric feel to it as well. There's dinosaurs everywhere. It's fan freaking tastic. And then at the end, there's the Tomb of Annihilation. It's got the original Lost World. Not, not Jurassic Park, but like... Yeah, the original Lost World feel to it where it's like, this is a landlocked island nation. Oh, sorry, well, that makes no sense. This is an island nation that has not been heavily explored and the interiors are always changing. There's a couple of large religious organizations who are going after these items. Gee, the, are there cultists? There's cultists. <laughs> um, but movie. actually, funny enough, not many. There's like waves upon waves of undead. There's a, there's a, a, one of the minor villains is just creating hordes of undead and sending them out. But because players, it probably ends up like Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell and uh, Danny <laughs> you're, McBride. Gets you're, you're not wrong. You're not, I think the first major encounter we had, we burnt down like a tenth of the jungle somehow. But but it ends with the a... actual Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, you go and uh, find the old gods. Uh, oh, three, two, one, spoiler. Um, <laughs> give it a moment. You go and find the temples of these old gods and they give you your blessing to go and uh, take down a Serac who is using their power to do something that is going to change the world forever and has started by removing resurrection magic from the world. And people who have been resurrected are getting sick and dying. But Ooh, but so. the tomb itself is a retread. It's a, it's of... a remake of the uh, Tomb of Horrors. In a way, it's far less deadly. Because the actual deadly Tomb of Horrors is the last... I always say, I want to play six out of seven uh, modules in, in Tales from the Yawning Portal. The seventh is Tomb of Horrors. Yeah. Which yeah. is in all of its deadly glory in that one. Now, Tomb of Annihilation takes you to level 12, and then it's making you fight some things. Like, there's a Beholder in there, there's an Abolith in there, there's a Gargantuan Red Dragon in there. Like, there's all of these things. Uh, the Red Dragon's overpowered, but the other two are definitely within... No, they're definitely not. They they will wipe the floor with an average party. And there's some of the most intricate and amazing puzzles and 3D puzzles as well. As a DM, if you are doing this for your party, please go through, read it a couple times first. Like Just like our Sistrad, um, get a handle on the hex grid exploration mm -hmm. aspect and how you're going to do that because it could get meandering, boring, and then your party's just rolling dice to pass time. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you right? got to be comfortable so, so, with that. So figure out a system before you start going because you're you're wandering the jungles of Chultz, session one. Yeah. So. Let's talk water deep. Water deep. Two of them. We got um, Dragon Heist and Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Adam, I know this is ones you're a little bit more. No, familiar no, no. With. no. Oh, I'm familiar Dan. with them, but Dan. Well, I, I, I know for I'll, I'll take care of Dragon Heist. Dragon Heist is not a, uh, um, what you would expect it, where you're going to go heist a dragon's horde, but it is actually a legit bank robbery. Um, it is a it is a heist one where you are dealing with different factions and the dragons of, are the coins is that and right? yeah a gold coin in the forgotten realms is called a dragon uh and that's the big play on words that uh watsi has thrown at us so the dragon heist is you're going to go loot a big pile of gold 
Um, Very misleading titles. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just... So, uh, but it's it's lots of fun, and it spawns off into uh, the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which Adam, which is not as misleading. Which is not no. There's a dungeon, dungeon of the, the Mad, Mad Mage. Mage. So, and so it's can... always existed underwaterdeep, deep, and now there's a fifth edition module for. Yeah, it. I, I got to add something on, on this. Dragon for... Heist is one levels one to five. Yeah, and okay. then Mad Mage is five, five to twenty. Five to twenty. It's... Yeah, it's the only one that goes up to twenty. Yeah, of all the modules. But um, let me let me say this though. You can choose at the beginning of Dragon Heist which season it is. And depending on which season, which time of year, it's a brand new experience each time. It is Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is built to have a radically different feel depending on what time of year you are doing the Dragon Heist in. Which is a really cool way to, to start a, a major campaign, right? Yeah. So, I think I would like to do it in summer because I've heard stories of different countries having summer. And I just always thought that maybe one day we would experience what, it. What what is summer? So okay, is that you, when the rain stops? And summer the, is with the distant glow that we see in the sky sometimes. Oh, you, you, know, you know that, that day and a half in August it's really warm. Oh yeah, okay, that one. That's yeah. that's summer. Yeah, that's summer. But other places have it for for weeks. I've heard. Oh, weird. So. <laughs> As long don't as move weeks. Vancouver, people. As yeah. Don't move Vancouver. You know, we, we, we rag on Canada, but Vancouver is probably the best place to be in Canada as if you don't goes, like winter. Yeah. As far as weather goes, it's essentially just Seattle. Um, it rains a little bit all the time. Okay. So Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Dungeon of the Mad Mage. It's just a super dungeon with loads going on. Oh, but yeah, it's a mega dungeon, and there's tons of stuff in it, and it just... Have you guys flipped through it? No. I have. Oh, my God. It just... It, it goes and goes and goes and goes and goes, and there are... Like each chapter is a next level down, and it is madness. The stuff that goes on in there, and I know that it's like Dungeon of the Mad Mage, and it is batshit insanity in there. And it feels to me like a very well thought out funhouse dungeon, mm. but it doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of like every every level is a different theme to it. But there and there is a through thread from level to level. But you're going to look back at level five of the Mega Dungeon and go, do you guys remember level one when we were doing this? Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, no. Yeah. No, no, no I don't. <laughs> it, it, is, it is so... You get a really good look at the different flavors of dungeons all the way through. And I would pick this up. It's another one of these things like, you know, Ravnica is really good for looking at the guilds that you can have. And Sword Coast is really good for looking at a lot of the Pantheon stuff that's in D&D. If you wanted to look at how to flavor different dungeons, Tales of the Yawning Portal does a really good job. My backup would be Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. What does a level Just to seventeen? Pull ideas. Well, what's the level seventeen dungeon look like? Yeah. They have one, right? And you can just flip open to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. I want a high level dungeon because I need to challenge my party. What is that like? Yeah, and it does. It it does actually get harder to become creative with these things when you're dealing with higher leveling parties because there's so many more avenues that they can take. Um, there's so many more abilities that it's it's harder to prep for those. Yeah. <coughs> Dan, you've been doing so well. It's you not, almost made it, man. Almost, almost made, made it. it. Almost made That's it. only your second cough, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe. And we're in a long earlier. we're in a long no, podcast here. This one's pretty. I think it's your third one, actually. Anyway, uh, so since we prepped this. There's been a new book that has come out. What? Oh, really? What? <laughs> Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I saw some about this. This is the pirate campaign, right? No. No, you think that it would be, but it isn't. Another misleading title. <sighs> so, this is this is another one. That, see, I thought it was all nautical rules at first. Yeah. How, how to do, you know, ships and whatnot. Instead, it is. it has all of that in it. 
But it is like Tales from the Yawning Portal again. It's seven smaller nautical adventures. Jeez. Yeah, so we get another one of these. A lot of people run pirate campaigns. We're one of those people. A lot of people love to run that kind of stuff. But there's not a whole lot of out piracy there. piracy in there? Well, there's not a whole lot of, of nautical anything out there, right? Yeah. You get on a ship and then you get off a ship. Maybe you fight something while on the ship. Yeah. Right? But your ship gets boarded and you might as well be fighting on land. Yeah. Right? These are... Um, and here's the thing about it. They're all classic nautical stuff from even first edition. It goes way back. Really? And it's all been adapted and brought forward into fifth. So, well, that's what they did with Tales of the Yawning Portal. There's well, some there first were, edition stuff there too, right? There were some, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's... Uh, that is... It'll be out by the time that this releases. Cool. Cool. So, um, it's out now. Yeah. In the future, where we are. Hi, future selves. Um, yeah. And to, to answer your question, what's missing from D&D for me is underwater campaigns. There's yeah. a shit ton of underwater monsters and nothing underwater. And I think there's so many uh, player classes, uh, player races, sorry, that you could do now where you could do an underwater campaign and you yeah. would be just fine. Yeah, there's tons of them. And there's lots of ways to breathe underwater now. There's all sorts of, of magic items that let you do it as well. Yeah. yeah. Right? There are tons of options. And for they're cheap. The only thing that they need to do is, is discuss 3D movement. And other than that, we're good, mm-hmm. right? And I just need to get that next, right? Yeah. And I feel like there may be some of that <laughs> in Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be enough. I think it's going to be port cities and pirate ships and and coves and underground um, on desert islands and stuff. It, yeah. It's not going to mm. be too much underwater cities of Sawagan, yeah. or however you pronounce it. What Sawagin. about like... Um... Oh shit! What's the campaign world where it's everything's dead? Dark Sun, Dark Sun. Yeah, I yeah. like the idea of the world is like scorched and and over, so everything kind of shifts. You want to play underwater. that post. You want to play that post-apocalyptic. You want to play Waterworld. You want you want to see Kevin but Costner every, with gills. I, I'd be all over that. That'd be yeah. that'd be bad. I love Kevin Costner. I want to play Dennis Hopper. I okay, sure. <coughs> yeah, I mean, fair one. God damn it, Dad! I, I tried to hold it back. What is the matter with you? I mean, your throat's dry. My water's gone. Your, your throat's been dry since January. <laughs> it was losing his freaking mind. No, 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 no. I just realized that if I was going to play in an underwater campaign, post if I'm going Waterworld and I'm going to play a Dennis Hopper, um, like with the eye patch, and he's on like the oil rig, and he's he's like the the evil despot character, and but, but he's going to be a grung because he's Dennis Hopper. <laughs> right? Or a bullywug. Or a bullywug. Or a well, bullywug isn't a playable. Uh, race in fifth ed. Mm, are they not? No. It's not involved. No. No. Okay. No. No. They they've got a lot about uh, about their society, but of the mobs, they're the least well fleshed out. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Well, team, I feel like we've come to a natural end there. We've uh, we've ranted and vented about a lot. Got mad at me for coughing. Got mad at you. As for is coughing. tradition. As, As is. is tradition, and also well deserved. Uh, the, the, the internet has seen how you gave some ultimately questionable life advice. Well, I don't think it was questionable at all. Get back to me on my life advice, Fucking internet. Snapchat bullshit. <laughs> no, that Snapchat Snapchat trick that'll get you uh, that'll get you hooked up for sure. Okay, team, is there any final points that anyone would like to throw out to the world while we have them? Okay, yes. If you are interested in sending me dice that will not fail me, please reach out to me at Rusty Styrofoam, and I'll give you my address. So you can mail them to me. I need your help. Okay, fair point. Uh, you will never, ever know where I live, ever. Dan? Um, yeah, no, same boat. You're, I'm the, uh, the internet doesn't need to know where my children are. 
<laughs> well, I'm just going to have them mail stuff with my name to your address. Oh, okay. Well, now I need to move. You so guys, thanks for that. You guys don't just get shit mailed to work? That's I, what I do. My job site changes once every six months. You don't have an office? No, my office is my friend's or my boss's house. Uh, do you want to hear it? For, I got, I got, well, I don't know if it was an accident. I got kicked out of my office because of my job. I move around so much. I'm only at my office like once a week for like a morning. And uh, I one day I just showed up to work and there was like some other dudes like family pictures like on my desk. I was like, what the fuck is this? And they were like, oh, that's where Mark works. I was like, uh, no. Does anyone know who I am, by the way? No. I was like, get this guy out. So then I had to pick all this guy's stuff and put it in the car. I don't know where he is now. Uh, but yeah, I got kicked <laughs> out of my office just from literally never being there. But BS. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with anything. Um, I also got kicked out of my office. Aww. <laughs> Let's not finish on this. <laughs> Adam! <laughs> no, I think that was a good fade out. <laughs> okay. Oh, and on that awkward bombshell... Uh, we'll see you next time on It's a Mimic. Where? What are we talking about next, guys? Clerics. Clerics. Yep. Bible thumpers. We out. We out. Bye. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Adam is leaving. Dan's left as well. Now it's just me. Here's some sage advice from your old Uncle Terry. Uncle Terry! If you accidentally like somebody's picture from 72 weeks ago on Instagram, I need you to immediately change your name. Change it to the opposite sex, set all of your settings to private, and then leave it like that for two weeks. The person who saw that you liked their picture from 72 weeks ago will wonder why a woman named Michaela, who she's never seen before because you took a picture from Google, liked a picture from 72 weeks ago. Leave your private leave your private account set as that for two weeks. After two weeks, they'll try and stop figuring it out. Your friends and family are going to reach out to you wondering why you've changed your name to Michaela and you pulled a picture from Google. But fuck? that's not important. What's important is that person will never know that it was you that accidentally liked their picture from 72 weeks ago. Are okay, you Adam teaching and Dan the are internet back. how to reverse catfish? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what Terry just said, but I endorse it completely. <laughs> More on this later.